Hello and welcome to Bygones Podcast, the Ali McBeal rewatch podcast where we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2019 eyes. I'm Laura Jane Parker. I'm Eleanor Parker. And today is another very special episode it because is. we have another guest joining us. Guest alert. Guest alert. Yeah, we're going to jiggle for that. Um, our guest today is our very good friend David Trumbull. Hello. David. Hello. <laughs> Please say hello so that they know what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, so, David, uh, do you want to tell us, uh, tell everyone who's listening um, who you are and, and, um, and where you came from, who you are and where'd you come from? I'm someone who does not have a podcast, which is uh, <laughs> probably my, my best identifying feature. Um, <laughs> no, um, I've, I've known uh, uh, you guys for, for many years, um, friends with a lot of your mutual podcasting friends. Um, yes. And uh, uh, I think my real bona fides is that I... Uh, used to watch Alan McBeal until I pieced out yeah. the first episode of season five. And oh. I love, love, love bygones. So yeah. I, I think I had a conversation with uh, Eleanor on Skype once where she mentioned that she might have had, she was considering having my brother Steve, who does the 50 Uses podcast, on yeah. as a guest. Yeah. And I think I even registered an objection in that, in the, in that Skype. <laughs> I was like, he hasn't even heard every episode. Yeah, so Davis is one of our biggest fans, yes. which we're very happy about, obviously. So we, we knew we had to have him on. Steve would make a very good guests of this show but can he quote you I think. <laughs> exactly so we're really excited to have um, Dave on and Dave um you do some really interesting work as well so you're not just I don't think I think you're selling yourself short when you say that you're <laughs> just not a podcaster um you um work in illustration and animation right yeah, I'm a story artist for animation. Um, uh, my first uh, animated feature I worked on as a story artist is actually coming out in the summer in Yay! in May, uh, Ugly Dolls. We're yeah. really excited because we've been hearing a lot yes. about it for a while. Yes. And we've been working really yes. hard on it. So, yes. But without further ado, should we just crack into a bit of bygones? A bit yeah. of Yeah, okay. So today we are looking at... Season two, episode eight, Just Looking. Yeah. Um, first aired November 16th, uh, 1998. November 16th, 1998. Yeah. What were you doing around that time, Dave? Um, I, uh, <laughs> this was the year before Titanic came out. So I think yes. it's before me and my brother's sexual awakening. So I can't no, remember what I was wasn't. doing. It came out, it, uh, yeah, Titanic no, came right. out in 97. Did it? Okay, well yeah. then we're right on the cusp. <laughs> um, but it, but it was it was uh, it was an interesting time because it was a time when I was doing probably what everyone uh, of our age was doing, which is watching The Simpsons followed by maybe a Star Trek followed by possibly a Buffy followed by <laughs> um, you know, and every oh, Wednesday <laughs> was Alan McBeal, and yeah. every Friday was Friends followed by maybe yeah. Frasier. So it was yeah. just. I think I defined what I was doing by the radio freaking times. That was yeah, basically yeah, yeah. it. That's so true. Can't remember anything that actually happened other than that. You know? yeah. A couple of world events, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, funny you should say that, because I think we're about to be interrupted by... We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. The UK number one is still Cher, we believe. <laughs> I, yeah, we've been, uh, yeah, that, that's, she's been number one for the last well, few episodes. I think she has, yeah. <laughs> she was a big hit. She was huge. It was a huge hit. Auto-tune. Yeah. Were you a big Cher fan? Um, uh, I... <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you know what? I just watched Moonstruck, so now oh, I am. Oh, but okay. she's really great in that. But back then it was like, oh, it's the girl with the auto-tune. And I only remember it really from that episode of Buffy where Buffy has yeah. that irritating roommate who won't stop playing Believe. So I was like I was I was with Sarah Michelle Gellar. I was like, yeah, fuck that girl. Squinting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so she's still top she's of the still top. in the UK, yes. yeah. In America, um, the number Monica? one was Lauren Hill with Doop. That oh, thing. Oh, I bloody love that album. Girl, you, you know you better watch out. About. I mean, really, it was quite prophetic. Girls, yeah. watch out because guys are about. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Someday there's gonna be a reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> and Lauren Hill is going to be there. Yeah, exactly. But that album, it's, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill, is like fantastic. I still listen album. to it. Yeah, I like do. now, yeah, like regularly. Totally, it's yeah. I remember getting that album for my birthday. I remember you getting day. that album for your birthday. Um, and it was, I just was obsessed with it. I it was great. It. She yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, uh, 17th of November, The Offspring release Americana to massive. Pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> mainstream success. <laughs> it goes on to be certified five times platinum by the RIAA and sells over 11 million wow. copies worldwide. That was massive. Wow. I remember The Offspring being massive. The hit single, Pretty Fly for a White Guy, becomes one of the best charting worldwide punk songs of all time I feel topping like charts in nine different countries what this is reminding me of and these mu- these things coming out I feel like this was like the beginning of my transition from only being interested in like pop, pop music yeah. to like other mm. genres yeah. because I remember being like when I listened to Lauryn Hill being like there's a whole world of music that I didn't even know was there and it's amazing and yeah. then with again with the offspring being like huh punk rock rock like and ex- that being like the gateway to like exploring other other, genres. other types yeah. of genres, yeah. and I think I was just at that kind of right age yeah. to be like, huh? So there's more to life than the Spice Girls. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is cool. Eighteenth uh, of November on uh, American TV, the Powerpuff Girls premieres on Cartoon Network, wow. becoming mm. Hanna Barbera's final TV show. Distributing episodes in 2000. Was it the final TV show? His final TV, yeah, TV show. Oh. Distributing episodes until 2001, where when Cartoon Network Studios took over until the series ended in 2005. Oh, so it wasn't the, wasn't okay. So they just what? took over. They premiered it on the. Oh right, okay. That's when it premiered on okay. American TV. I feel like for some reason in my memory, the Powerpuff Girls are later, but clearly not. It's no. Like well, the Powerpuff then. Girls go through a couple of uh, iterations. I think. I think they oh, okay. they became a little bit more modern as they went along, and uh, I think they started off as a little bit more childlike, and then evolved into a show which adults could watch with another subtext I guess I mean yeah, it was part okay. of the cusp of of animation becoming a little bit more um uh a, a little bit more wide-ranging in its uh, yeah. audiences you know yeah. It, yeah it started appealing to to, to people uh, um to kids and to their parents because they knew the parents were going to be stuck watching it regardless the yeah. best animations do that yeah like I'm thinking of like the Rugrats which yes. was 
so good at yeah. playing to adults and kids. Yeah. I just like oh. all the little digs that you see. I when love you watch the Rugrats because um, uh, my girlfriend's Jewish, and uh, uh, I love that Chucky's Jewish. Yeah, and yeah. They, they yeah, just have like, it in the story that that he's got a Jewish dad, and that there's a Hanukkah episode. I just yeah. really like that piece yeah. of representation. And yeah. I also saw actually weirdly the other day there was a supercut on Twitter of um, Angelica's mom. I saw that, which is so, <laughs> good so good because I don't know if you remember, but Angelica's mum isn't seen very often no. because mm. she's the one that goes out to she's work. She's the she's like, that And she's like this super suited and booted, like, take no nonsense, yeah. like, yeah. female boss. Yeah. Like, girl boss before it was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just this super cut of loads yeah, of, like, clips of her, of her just taking care of business. And I was like, <laughs> Angelica's mum was an absolute role model. Like... <laughs> Legend. It was so good, and I just, I just, I just forgotten all about that, you know. Yeah. Well, wasn't Chucky's dad also a single dad? I mean, like yeah. they, yeah. they had some hard hitting stuff in there, and they had some genuinely interesting, mature things to say. And I, and they, they, they really stayed with me. So yeah, that show I totally remember. Yeah. Love the Rugrats. Yeah. So 18th of November mm-hmm. on British TV, the British Egg Information Service reports <laughs> that egg sales have increased by 10 percent. Since the debut of Delia, Delia Smith's BBC Two series, Delia's How to I Cook. I remember this. A series that teaches viewers How basic to boil an egg. Exactly. Skills. Yeah. <laughs> 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 basic cookery eggs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. They, I remember that. Because I remember dad being like, what the, why is she teaching people how to boil an egg? I don't think they teach people that in school. And I'm like, no dad, no, they, they don't. don't anymore like that stops it's so funny to look back i love the fact that this program uh uh, looks through 2019 eyes back at the 90s because (laughs) there are so many things that were so weirdly pernicious that i didn't even think about like the one thing i knew about delia smith was that (laughs) she could boil an egg and when you think about it it's such a patriarchal piece of like she's someone who actually created a whole show a whole brand she was a great great celebrity chef and she did something great and all the male reviewers are like she can boil an egg <laughs> and everyone just made ripped into her and made fun of her yeah. for it it's yeah, like yeah, just yeah. damning with faint praise yeah. yes also on the 18th of november the national grid reports a surge in the use of electricity at 8 p.m as the coronation street episode featuring Kettles. the death of the character des barnes played by philip middlemiss reaches its conclusion yeah so that that was because everyone's putting the kettle on wasn't it so for the no to isn't oh, it just to switching just, the tv just watch on because the oh. yeah. normally they say they see electricity surging during the ad breaks of these shows because people go and make a cup of tea okay. and they come back but i guess it was well, everyone I like think it was, well we're not going to watch the tv until now <laughs> well that's how that's where the rise of the machines will happen through the kettle yes. <laughs> the most powerful appliance in any british household yeah it's really important 20th okay. november a bug's life and the Rugrats movie. Oh, funny we mentioned that. And The Enemy of State is released. Oh, three classic movies. Yes. <laughs> funny enough, you, you just listed my Desert Island trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I a, mean... That's only half true. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so there you go. now we know where we were and what we were doing. Yes, yes, yes we do. Boiling eggs and watching Rugrats. Watching Rugrats. <laughs> So, should we dive into the episode? Yeah, that, that's out the way. Okay, let's. so we start episode eight, just looking. Um, Ali and Elaine are in the Cajun Fish uh, office uh, by Elaine's desk, um, and Ali's holding a remote. 
and she's sort of saying, I don't know, Elaine, you know, he's very particular about his toilet seat. And Elaine's like, but it's also the scene of a painful memory and the bathroom, more than anything, is a place to wipe the past away. Ew. <laughs> Too soon, Elaine. I know, right? He's barely gone cold. I know he was cold-blooded, but... He's barely digested. <laughs> then there's dramatic music and Ali's looking kind of creeped out and she's walking towards the elevator and Elaine's like, "What? what's the matter? And Ali's like, I don't know, I, I just get this. And then Georgia appears and she's like, bad feeling and Ali's like you too and then he's like yeah like something's gonna happen and they're all sort of looking around like what is something it? might go bump in the night <laughs> and then like they're talking about oh how it's really creepy then the elevator dings and Lynn comes out and she's like no <laughs> and there's this like choral villain music like oh! <laughs> it could be like um uh what is it Carmina Burana like oh She comes out and she's like, Nell, I need Nell. And she walks away and Ali, Elaine and Georgia all at once in a chorus are like, she's back. And I'm like, can I just say, this is where I throw in my objection. I'll tell you for why. Because <laughs> I've had enough of all this bloody, like, negative attitude towards mm, Nell and Ling. Like yeah. we had, a, we were talking last episode about how we'd had a little bit of a respite on yes. it over mm. the kind of Stefan arc. Everyone seemed to be kind of pulling together more than they were being shitty with each, each other. other. This yeah. kind of bitch fight, mean girls yeah. crap. Yeah. So we were like, oh, maybe it's gone away. Clearly it hasn't no. from this episode. <laughs> and I'm, I'm now going to object every time they are shitty to Nell and Ling unwarranted because yeah. I've had a fucking nut. Okay? <laughs> this scene really takes the biscuit because... The biscuit, eh? <laughs> I had to just stop and take a moment to realise that, uh, that there's like three... This? Yeah, I literally took a moment. There are three <laughs> women who are Caucasian blondes standing uh, right next to each other um, voicing sort of like sort of like a, a, a primal sense of fear and I, I wrote down in my notes just oh no a person of colour is nearing because like all of their I, I write a lot of stupid puns I wrote down their spitey senses were tingling and, yes spitey senses and like yes. so so she shows up and it just it, it, it feels like such a poor thing because it really rubs me the wrong way specifically because they mm. look towards the camera for that final line. They turn and say, yeah. she's back. Mm. And it's not something that happens in real life. They are doing it to no. an invisible audience. They're not saying it to each other. So as the no. audience member, they're, you know, I felt weirdly complicit in their sort of yeah. scapegoating of Ling. And, and, and you're right. She does get treated horribly in this episode. Yeah, inviting you to other her with them. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm just like, no, objection. And I will object. I will continue to object every time now, regardless of how many times that is. I'm yeah. just doing it. Okay, so fair enough. that was our lead into titles. Here we go. Here, here. Here we go, yeah. indeed. So, after titles, straight after titles, um, Nell is meeting with Ling, because obviously Ling's come here to see her. Yeah. Um, and Nell's trying to calm her down, because Ling is sort of pacing around, saying, I'm overwrought. Overwrought and calm it's a bad combination. And Richard walks in and he's like, what's the matter? And Nell's like, she's overwrought. Um, um, a group is trying to shut down her mud wrestling club with a nuisance claim. Evidently, they're filing in court today, ex parte. Um, and Richard's like, hang on, I'm going to back up just half a step. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, mud wrestling club. And I think, you know, he's basically standing 
Italian for the audience here. Yeah. And, and Nell's like, yeah, she owns one. And Rich is like, we're women in the mud, they... And it's like, wrestle, a mope is trying to shut it down. And she like goes, ha, and sits. And she's like, why is everyone out to get me? <laughs> <laughs> we're asking that question too, guys. Don't worry. And we're also like, mud wrestling. <laughs> no! Does this actually exist? Is this a thing that exists? Even? I mean, mud wrestling is a thing that exists. I yeah, don't know if they're I've club. never heard of a mud wrestling Wow. Well, to be well. fair, like, I've been in America a couple of years. It's it, like, all things are possible here. Yeah. And also, <laughs> have you seen Christina Aguilera's dirty video? Because I'm pretty sure that's set. In a, that's a mud wrestling well, bit. Well, there's a that. mud wrestling bit, but I've never heard. And it's I can in a imagine. Club. Yeah, but I can. Im- I just can't imagine a club dedicated solely to mud wrestling. Well, that's the thing you're I'm not the visionary hard. that Ling is. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> so, All good entrepreneurs, the next- they see demand and they, and they you know, they cr- provide a service. <laughs> they don't see things and ask why. They see things and ask why not. <laughs> How much? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, next scene, we're in the conference room. And Ali, Richard, Georgia, Billy and John are in there. And Ali's going, mope, what's mope? Because that's this thing that yes. Link's just mentioned. And Richard says, it's mothers opposed to pornographic entertainment. I mean, what a great... It's like it's like in Buffy with yes. Moo. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> that was mothers against... Uh, uh, mothers opposing the occult. Yeah, that's, that's it, what it mood. was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, mood demands it. <laughs> but yeah, this is their version, Mope. Um, and they're claiming that the club hurts the quiet enjoyment of the community. Um, and Ali's like, why would Ling own her own porno club? And George is sort of smiling at this, like, I don't know, yeah, just smiling. Just um, and and Nell, Nell enters and, and she's like, it's not porno, there's not, uh, there's even, no there's not even any nod- nudity, it's just women in bathing suits wrestling. And Ali's like, oh, it's, it's a sport, sport. <laughs> like sarcastically. And Georgia laughs and she's like, how can she own a place like that? And Richard's like, and keep it a secret. <laughs> Bygones. <laughs> and at this point, we, we see John is hiding behind his file, like... I don't know if it's just like he's embarrassed by the conversation or he just know. doesn't have anything to say. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Nell's explaining that she basically bought it as a tax write-off, um, but, but it turned out to make a profit. Um, and there, and Richard's like, anyway, they're trying to shut her down ex parte. They'll probably be using that women degradation cliche. I want to take the high road and counsel with women of our own. Georgia, Ali, Nell, dream team. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, no. And yeah. Georgia's like, not a chance. And Richard's like, look, I hate to pull rank, but this is the kind of case where having female litigants is a plus. And I'm like, Richard, for yeah. God's sake. Georgia and Ali like scowl at him at yeah. that moment. I'm like, oh, you have to come out with it. And he goes, we owe to Ling to extend our best efforts, not to mention this is a client with whom I'm still trying to reach sexual fruition. For once, I'll ask you to think about someone other than yourselves. Can you do that? Georgia, can you think about the senior partner that signed your paycheck? How about you, Ali? Could you possibly consider somebody other than yourself? I realize it involves using a new muscle, but to me, any job is meaningless unless it offers the opportunity for personal growth. Off we go. Be lawyers. And <laughs> this is where I want to throw in my... Yeah. So I know I pretty much have come to ignore most of Richard's like bullshit. I do like, have to give him a nowadays. pass now and again. Yeah. But I think because it's just one shitty thing after another that he's done in this little like Rant. speech. Yeah. yeah. It's just like one exploit their gender for a case. And then when they object to that exploitation saying hey I pay you so get in line also I'm trying to have sex and also I'm trying to get laid by the client so can you please just 
you know, get on with it. And I just, it's just all very gross. And yeah. it, I think it was just because it was all like piled on top oh, of each yeah, other. Piled yeah. on top, it just compounded. I was just like, you know what? No. no. Yeah. I mean, I must say, I must say, I really bumped on the line because I was, um, I had to rewind it um, to, to, to listen to it again because I was like, doesn't he literally threaten them with being fired? He says, yeah, um, I'm, I'm the person paying your checks. Exactly. So basically, if you don't help this guy get laid, your job could be in jeopardy. How is that not completely uh, hostile for a work yeah, environment? It's horrible. It's so horrible. And it's just like, no, you're being more vile than normal. Like, you you are often, will throw out the odd, you know, comment. odd flippant, vile remark. And it's it's easier to dismiss because it's just an, one odd comment. But it's the fact that it's all kind Stacked of piled mm. on and top also, of each other. He's, just not, like, he's not really joking. No. no. He's deadly no. serious. He's like, I need you to do this. He's doing it. Do it. Yeah, he's, do, he's saying it in a flippant way. But, you know, when you boil it down, yeah. he, he, he isn't wants, joking. He wants he's them not to joking. do it. He's not going to let them off no, not doing exactly. it. And yeah. you're right. This is a, there's a cumulative effect with Richard that after a while mm. you get desensitised to, yes. to the toxic, sexist, misogynistic things he says. Because after a while, David E. Kelly sort of like banks on the fact that, that, that we're laughing um, yeah, at him yeah. but then after yeah. a while you laugh at him too long you stop laughing at him and you start laughing just sort of with him like oh it's just Richard being Richard Richard yeah, yeah exactly Richard. and it's just like no, no. let's case, remind ourselves that it's he's not okay a dick yeah, yeah. well exactly. it's I mean like you, you say he's a dick um, yet another one of my terrible puns in my notes I wrote down this is fish pulling wank on them <laughs> I love that that's so good <laughs> He really is. You can tell David's a writer. You can. <laughs> as you can tell, this is this is the secret weapon your podcast needed. Someone who understands the male mind. I'm your secret weapon. It's all full of wank. Pulling wank. So trust me, this is not my first usage of that phrase. It's... But it's so very appropriate. It gets you out of all kinds um, of binds. So Nell steps in and says, hold on a second. The judge is probably going to want a hearing, which means I need somebody to check this place out. And George is like, the mud club. And Nell's like, well, I don't like surprises. And then she goes, Billy. And George is like, no, he's not free. And Billy's like, I'm, I'm not. not. <laughs> like, and Nell's like, I didn't mean to wrestle. And George just sort of leans in and goes, no, he's married. And Ali like laughs. And She's I was like, like, I really find it funny when Ali is amused whenever there's like friction between George Well, I've got Billy. a note that's like, oh God, why do I now feel sorry for Billy? Like having George <laughs> answer for him. I'm like, this is what I hate about this like Georgia versus Nell thing because it started to make me dislike Georgia and we've said this before on previous episodes I don't buy that Georgia would be this catty with Nell no it's like one other blonde woman shows up who isn't someone who's had a past relationship with her husband and suddenly she's like you know Mary Whitehouse you know, yeah, on, on exactly. everything yeah. staunchly conservative values. He's married. Like suddenly, she yeah, became... and just being like, no, it's up to me whether he goes or not. Yeah. Which I'm always like, no, that's not cool. And I'm like, why am I now siding with? I'm being like free Billy from this terrible <laughs> relationship. Like that's why I'm angry because David E. Kelly's made me feel sympathy towards Billy. Can't you see this poor vital man is wilting under this <laughs> constant oppression? I know. And then, so then Nell goes, um, well, that's why they have these places, I thought, for married men. men. (laughs) And Billy's like, I think you turned her and he winks. And obviously that just makes Georgia even more annoyed because she's got Billy and Nell like lolling with each other. Yeah. Um, But then Richard goes, I'll go. And then John pipes up, who's been silent this entire conversation and goes, I could go. 
I'm actually a good spy, briefly. <laughs> I considered a career in the CIA. <laughs> I have an ability to glide through a room unnoticed. And, and now sort of smiling at him like, oh, he's so cute. And, and, that, and Ali just goes, a spy? And I'm like so dismissive of like John's well, ambitions. I think she turns out to be fairly accurate with that. <laughs> but if my friend was like, I considered being this, I wouldn't just poo-poo it because I thought they were being ridiculous. I would. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? It's funny. So, like, um, John's whole spy thing is... is It's a little tired, in my opinion, because it kind of doesn't fit with his character, but it feels like a thing that's been crowbarred in to feel like a C plot line. A comedy, That was the one part of the episode that doesn't work for me. But the one thing that does work for me is Nell's delight in John's quirk. She thinks he's I can buy that John would harbour, like, a secret... Like fantasy about being I mean, a spy. I mean, a few episodes ago, he was saying he wanted to be a flying nun. Yeah. So <laughs> I can imagine he's got this massive fantasy side of his like, brain yeah. where he's like, "Oh, I could do this." I yeah, do yeah, yeah. See, I can, I can buy that. Yeah. John does occupy an interesting uh, role within the show when you think about the format of David E. Kelly, because I, I've actually watched um, a Boston Legal all the way through, which is David E. Kelly's other oh. Boston law firm comedy. Yeah. workplace drama and um and uh uh he always tries to find one character who he can who's basically like the dumping ground for all of the quirky things he wants to throw into the show yeah and okay. um uh you've talked in previous episodes about the fact that john is it suggested hinted that maybe he might be kind of on the spectrum um yeah. as a character yeah. and jerry espenson who's in boston legal who's played by christian clemenson is noteworthy because he's a character uh, with asperger's syndrome and so he shares a kinship ah. with john for being something that I've called kind of a one step forward, two jokes back piece of representation. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's positive that there's a character like that who's on the spectrum in the show and and who's liked and valued by their peers and he's played by yeah. someone who really invests a lot of love and warmth into that performance. But at the same time, Kelly can't resist squeezing as many ridiculous, uh, yeah. potentially reductive moments. It's like, it's as, yeah. progress- it's as reductive as it is progressive in the same way. Yeah, yeah. So every now and yeah, again, yeah. I'll see John do something weird and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get it. John's the sort of the quirky character, but but sometimes yeah. I... I Sometimes it, uh, it's, a, it's a hit and a miss for me. You know? yeah, yeah, because you're invited to laugh at him and his quirkiness, aren't you? Yeah, as opposed to whip him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Totally. But that's why it's so good that Nell does... Um, uh, in I'm really loving the burgeoning relationship between Nell and yes. John. I think it's been really sweet. She, like yeah. she's so patient and finds all of his quirks adorable, as opposed yes. to just odd, strange. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Mm. So it's very cute. Um, but yeah, so um, <laughs> Nell and Richard leave, and, and John just as he's leaving with them points at Ali and goes, "You took a moment," and Ali's like, <laughs> "Yeah," like nodding slowly. Um, so anyway, um, next scene we're in the unisex. And um, we've kind of got a weird camera angle in that we're the camera's like being shot from the, the point of view of the Lucy upwards, yeah. uh, Elaine and Billy. Um, and Billy's holding this remote that Elaine was talking about at the top of the episode. Mm. Um, and Elaine's explaining that um, she's basically invented an automatic seat warmer for John's um, special <laughs> loose seat. Um, and as she's explaining this... Well, it's like a super toilet remote. Yeah, she's yeah. kind of added it to the same remote he had for like, Flusher, flushing. Yeah. Clearly all of Elaine's um, uh, money from her paycheck goes into some massive R&D department. She's like, yeah. it's like half of a half, like part of me expects her to say like, we just call it the bat. You know what I mean? Like she's got like a kind of... Yeah, totally. 
really. Like they're like basically like VC funding her like <laughs> different startup. Like, what ideas. technological genius is she exploiting for all of these inventions? You know, she's like the Steve Jobs bullshit sort of PR half of the enterprise. You know, there must be some other poor sad sack in some room making these things. But I am just like, why is? Why isn't John like investing in Elaine's entrepreneurial oh, yeah, ideas? Yeah, yeah. Because like, he clearly, I mean, as we go through this scene, he does he does like, like what what yeah. she's done. So let's let's go through it because yeah. John interrupts as she's showing Billy and, and she's like, oh John, look, I've invented this automatic seat warmer. You know how awful it is to sit on an ice cold toilet, especially in the morning. And I'm like, she's not wrong. No, yeah, she's absolutely <laughs> found a need, a customer need there. <laughs> you do know that Elaine would, if if this show was set nowadays, she would be in Shark Tank. You know, she would be in oh, the yeah. Dragon's Den. There, would be, there yeah. would be episodes of her pitching her ideas to things. Yeah, Shark Tank or Dragon's Den. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, you can set it for different temperatures going all the way up to simmer. And Billy's like, simmer? simmer? And she's like, I like a warm seat. I'm like, simmer just makes me feel sort of wince. I'm like, is it just going to sizzle on the skin But um, she says, of course, this has your auto flusher standard. And she says, and check out this. And she presses another button and the seat lid goes, goes up, up and, and down. down. And she said, this, this feature is for married couples because he always leaves the seat up um, and said would you like to test drive and so from de- demonstrating all these features I'm like this shit should be a fucking app like yeah. this is such a good idea Yeah, I would buy it well that's why I'm like why isn't John investing in yeah like, cause, right because at the end of that scene you can see like John is like ooh yeah. like, and like really like impressed yeah and I'm like you should be investing in her talent. Invest! <laughs> she also pitched it perfectly for John. You can tell by the way that she said, I like a warm bowl, is is purposefully geared towards John because he says, I yeah. like a fresh bowl. She knows her client. She's going in for it. She's nailing that sale. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's yeah. wasted occasionally. She is. Yeah. But yeah. So next scene, court. Uh, Ling, Nell, Georgia and Ali are coming out of the elevator and, and Ling's going, if anyone lings me in there, I expect you all to object. <laughs> and Ali's like, oh, don't you worry. <laughs> like being really yes. sarcastic. Um, and then a man sort of uh, turns to see them pass and we see that it's Justin Theroux. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, can I just say this marks two for two in Jennifer Aniston ex-boyfriends because we had Tate Donovan in season one who she used to date in Tate the 90s. Donovan? Cheney. Ch- well, don't you look at me and tell me you don't remember who Cheney yes. was. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. nobody cared about his fucking weekend in, in, in Maine. Maine. <laughs> <laughs> Cheney, yes. And then Justin Theroux, obviously, oh, she married. Oh, okay. So it's just interesting that they're like, huh, who else should we got as a guest star? Who is Jennifer Aniston <laughs> either dated or going to be dated? Brad, Brad Pitt passed. They looked into their Jennifer Aniston <laughs> crystal ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought it was notable. But yeah, okay, cool. this man sees them pass, but he calls out, hey, Georgia, because obviously he recognises her. And Georgia's like, Ray, how's it going? So yeah. we learn his name is Ray. Um, and they kind of introduce themselves and Georgia's um, uh, uh, talking to him. And as she's talking to him, we hear these like tinkerbell noises as Ali comes over, comes over and, and notices him and looks I have at him. I have in my notes, like, pixie dusting noise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like tinkerbell, isn't it? So it's so weird. Tinkles. Yeah. <laughs> So George is asking him about someone called Jeannie and he's like, Jeannie? Oh, yeah, Jeannie became Cynthia and Cynthia and I are now over. Um, and Ling comes back and is like, excuse me, we're in litigation. I don't want her congenial. Could you please not engage her? And then Nell, like, pulls Ling away because yeah. she's like, you know, leave them alone. She's like, like, you're tugging at me. Don't tug me. And I don't like how 
how Ling, um, this happens throughout this episode, people keep manhandling her. Yeah. It's irritating. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and um, I'm surprised it's happened, it's coming some of the time, a lot of the time, it's coming from Nell. Because yes. I'm like, you're her friend. Like, don't, like, manhandle her. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's fine. Actually, that's something that I really did notice because if you'll, when I was thinking about it last night, I was like, the whole case is predicated upon the idea that the the, the mud wrestlers no no one touches them inappropriately, and yet people mm. in like they touch uh, Ling inappropriately all the way yeah. through. They invade her personal space, and they it's like she doesn't count out. in some way. Like, yeah, it is, a, it is a bit like that thing. Like yeah. you, you, you feel entitled to just move them around to yes. where you want them, and I'm yeah. like, they're their own human being. Like, leave them alone. <laughs> anyway, Nell manages to get Ling away. Um, she sort of says, "You're tugging me. Don't tug me." Um, and but then Georgia continues with Ray and says, "Oh, it's the dumbest case. You wouldn't believe me if I told you." And Ray's like, "Oh, mine's worse. Have you ever heard of this group called Mope?" And Georgia's like, "Uh oh." <laughs> so obviously they're going to be in the same courtroom together. He's the other side. Um, so in the courtroom, next scene, making yes. their kind of opening arguments, Nell says there are no zoning laws that preclude this type of commercial activities. And, and Ray's going, well, we're not here on zoning, we're here on nuisance. And she's like, oh, but um, that takes into account the zoning laws. And, and Ray's like, if you choose to raise the zoning laws as grounds for, and they're kind of arguing on top of each other. Um, and then um, Ray's basically stops now by saying look uh, you know just let me finish a sentence because you keep interrupting me and she's like go ahead and like Ali and Georgia kind of smirk Smiley, shy, um, yeah. and, and Ray goes well first traffic congestion second the activity stigmatises the whole neighbourhood um, it's the equivalent of a strip joint and Ling gets up and goes what it isn't and the judge's like Ms. Wu and she says your honour it's not a strip joint that slandered me I'd like to amend my answer to include defamation naming him and Ali like <laughs> grabs her again and pulls sort of sitting kind of position Back in and, and Nell's like Ling and Ray's like look the bottom line this place is offensive to women demeans the neighbourhood it should be stopped and Ali smirks again and I'm like stop like have control of your face woman like you're on the opposing <laughs> side like not <laughs> your poker face yeah exactly I'm like I admittedly have a terrible poker face but that's one of the reasons why I didn't go into law because like you're just undermining your yes, client yeah. in front of the jury anyway the judge says I want to hear from one of the complaining parties do we have any and Ray says yes Miss Stokes lives in the neighbourhood she's affected by the presence of this club and then we hear Miss Stokes from like the, the, the bench going it's a filthy sex club <laughs> filthy yeah and the judge is like oh no 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 wait we're gonna do this formally after lunch um two o'clock gavel like like we'll do this later yeah Yeah. i did notice something about miss stokes actually which is that uh, miss stokes um uh (laughs) reminds me of the way uh carolyn poop was depicted from the male girl litigation in season one because um, when you think about it the whole acronym mope it's another example of the show kind of frumping up and ridiculing anybody who's anti-things yeah. that titillate men. Yes, yeah. Yes. Well, it's about, like, portraying those people as just killjoys. Killjoys, like, like, like killing oh, Killing oh. men's joy. But the funny thing is, is that um, the more you notice it, like, there are times when, like, in this case, I think, where, where, where the writers are on the right side, but maybe not for the right reason, because the yeah. thing that they seem to object about the people complaining is that they're against things that are sexy for men. Yes, as opposed yes. to like I mean in this case the 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 male titillation and Ling's rights are aligned but uh, but, yeah. but that's not the reason it feels like like they're portraying her that way you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean it feels a bit we've 
were talking just before we started recording um, and, 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 and connected to you about how this is a really tricky episode because there's lots of like threads running through it that are conflated and confused and mm. it's like to pull mm. them apart is actually quite a difficult exercise. Yes. Well, fun trivia fact. Um, yeah. This is the only episode of this series that's co-written by a woman. Co-written by Shelley Landau. Yeah. yeah Big yeah. news. Yes. I did have that written down. I completely forgot to mention Ella, it. Yeah, Shelley I think Landau. we might have to sack you and bring Dave on. Because clearly sorry. he's a better researcher. Do you know what? That's what we need. A woman's position being filled by a man. It's, it's about time. It's about time. No, it's okay. I'll forgive you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just remember who's signing your checks, Eleanor. Just remember who's signing your checks. So, oh no, that that is big news actually. So, if we if that's definitely, I know it will be the only case so far. But is, did he never work with a, a female writer friend? No, he had before. Oh, once, yeah, in season he one. He has on previous. Um, oh, well, he has on season one. But in season two, this is the only one in season two. But I think that speaks to exactly what you were saying, that there's a kind of like, I'd be very curious to know which parts were written by Shelley Landau and yeah. which parts. Because I know for a fact, like, that, like I mean, I don't know for a fact, but but I'm positive. <laughs> I'm positive that David E. Kelly wrote Richard's closing. Um, yeah. Whereas, whereas there, are, there are bits of it where you feel like there's, there's some genuinely fantastic points being made. And, yes. and I, I think it could be because he... he uh, someone had that, else's maybe. perspective was was in yeah, there with yeah, the writing yeah. mixed in yeah. thank god right yeah. so well, let's, let's let's try and find these fantastic points so yeah so um so nell ling and ali and georgia are heading to the um elevator and ling's complaining that she was linged in the yes. room mm. um, and georgia was like with a hard l i heard it and the g <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and then we get ling doing her kind growl. of growl glare at yeah. uh, georgia um, and then Nell and Ling go into the lift and Georgia just goes, we'll get the next one. And Ling's going, I hate this firm as the doors close. Yes. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. No, I know. Why do you keep coming back to them? Well, it's because Nell's there, isn't it? But yeah, I just don't I mean, like they treat her they, appallingly. appallingly. Yeah. But anyway, that means that Ali and Georgia are left alone. And Ali's like, all right, give it up. And Georgia's like, what? And she's like, Ray, he's cute. Georgia's like, tell me about it. Law school, classmate. And she was like, I had the biggest crush before Billy. Um, and, and Ali's like, well, did you go out? And she's like, one day, and we couldn't have had less in common. But he's a great guy. And then she goes, hey, I'll, I'll fix you up if you want. And Ali's like, he's opposing counsel, Georgia. And, and Ali's like, that's good. And Ali's like, no. And she's like, adversarial can be good for starting a relationship. Conflict can breed passion. And Ali was like, if he wasn't your type, how can he be mine? You like all the men I like. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And Georgia's like, there was just the one. <laughs> and Ali's got her hands in the air like a shrug like mm, well what are you gonna do um, yeah and they go into the lift and um, she's like uh, do you want to meet him or not and Ali's like no and Georgia's like okay and then Ali's like well yeah a, a little, little one. A like, little me. Little and they do these, these itty-bitty finger signs yeah. as the, uh, the doors close. I really love this scene. I'm just like, Ali and Georgia forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is my favourite mode for Ali and Georgia yes, when they're when like they're being really friends. friendly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I know what's coming in the rest of the episode, but I did like seeing Georgia take happiness in fixing Ali up with someone. It feels like a weird like glimpse into a parallel universe of the show where, you know, what it would be like if everyone wasn't like a sociopath. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's like, what if they just, what if this was just a story about two women being friends? Yeah, I know, like, I know. Wouldn't that be novel? 
oh, what could have been? Like, it's like, David E. Kelly, you could have written that show. Like, it was possible. But anyway, we're in the unisex next, and John is um, with the remote, and he's sort of leaning around um, a closed stall door, talking to Richard, who's ostensibly in there, and he's saying um, they're planning their, like mission to go and stake out the mud club and he's like i thought we'd make separate entrances sometimes individuals are innocuous while couples can be recognizable and then we hear a flush and richard comes out of the stall but because john's been hiding behind where the door swings open it means that richard when richard opens the door john's behind it so he can't see him and he comes out like john it's just and then he can't see him and then there's a minute where he's like john comes around and he's like oh it's just a bar we're just doing it to get the lowdown and give Nell the scoop. And John's like, lawyers frequent these establishments. We could be spotted. I prefer separate entrances. <laughs> the old reconnaissance isn't to be trivialised. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it very seriously, which I find adorable. Very funny, yeah. <laughs> um, and Rich is like, fine. And then John holds his finger up and he sort of opens his stool and opens the seat with the remote. As if to like show Richard yeah. like look at my new toy and Richard like, looks impressed yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um so next we're in court and Miss Stokes is on the stand and she's being questioned by Ray and um, she's explaining that the area that this club is in is residential as well as a commercial um neighborhood uh, and people live there and Ray's like but Miss Stokes it's mud wrestling aren't you taking it a little bit seriously and she's like well we talk about raising our children we all like to strut about saying it takes a village, but I don't think the village should embrace the idea of reducing women to sex objects. And Ray's like, but it's after hours. And then Miss Stokes says, um, yeah, but where men gather and salivate over a bunch of women slithering around in the mud like it was some kind of wild lubricant. <laughs> And I was like, I've never looked at mud and thought, hmm, that's a wild lubricant. <laughs> wild? <laughs> well, no, I was thinking it was more like, you know, like lubricant you can get in the wild. Like... <laughs> Organic. Organic I think you can go your whole life, I've yet to find a tamed lubricant. Um, but then then we have Nell questioning the stakes, and um, Nell says, um, so you think all mud wrestling clubs should go? And she's like, no, I think they shouldn't be in residential areas. Um, and Nell says, well, the same would be true of strip clubs. And Miss Stokes says, of course. And she's like, well, what about movie theatres that show sex scenes? And she says, well, some sex scenes, if it has something redeeming, are okay. Um, and Nell's like, well, who, who decides, decides what's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Miss Stokes says, well, there's a big difference between movie sex scenes and what they do. And Nell's like, well, so a movie production showing sex scenes, nudity, you're okay with. And she's like, well, no, I don't think pornography is. And Nell's like, no, 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 not pornography. I'm talking about a movie showing nudity and love scenes. And Miss Stokes says, look, I'm not going to let you trap me with your tricky, sleazy, sneaky questions. I mean, mean, she's doing her job, for sure. Um, She's like, a movie is a movie. It's different than a place where muddy breasts get slopped around. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds painful. It does. Plus, they are all wearing, like, clothes. I mean, maybe they're they're wearing wearing bathing costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she's like, permission to make a speech, judge? And I was like, hang on a minute. This is one of those courtroom scenes where I'm like, this would not Not happen. happen. There's no way the judge... But I love the judge's reply. I love how he just says, I'd be delighted. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, by all means, can we get you a spotlight? Say, Miss Stokes makes this speech. She says, Mud wrestling degrades the participants. It creates a negative image of women. And having a place like that in the community demeans that community. 
And the women who perform the sex scenes in the movies, they're not degraded. No. Why is that? Because they're paid tons of money. It's like, right. Okay. <laughs> That's an interesting uh, distinction. Yeah, like between it's, it's, what's okay, what's what's degrading, degrading and what isn't. Not. Yeah, mm. I was just like, oh, you know, it's art. Like movies are, are art. Like, yeah, but it was also the way she blurted it. There was like a pause, and then she blurted it out, and it was like she wasn't. It felt like she was just like grasping at straws. Yes. Like she yes. was like, because I get a lot of money. Like, yeah, that's like, what it is. That, that must be what it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, which is, yeah, stupid argument. Yeah. For what degradation well, is. Also, isn't. the fact that, well, we'll see later, Ling mentions that these women are getting paid. Yeah. So that just raises yeah, that, that would, would invalidate yeah. her argument. Yeah. But anyway, so then we have Nell, Ling, Ali, and Georgia. They're sitting on a bench in the courthouse. And Nell's like, well, you're up next, Ling, um, and it could really turn on your testimony. So that means, well, you know. And Ali's like, we're dead. <laughs> and Ling's like, I want her off the case. <laughs> and Ali gets up like, fine. Like, I don't even want to be on this yeah. stupid case that yeah. I keep eye-rolling at in the bloody courthouse. Yes. <laughs> so, and then Ray comes up. And he's like, Georgia. And, and Georgia jumps up to kind of pull Ali back to speak with Ray. Mm. She's like, Ali, Ali, have you actually met Ray Brown? And she's like, oh, hi. Ali McBeat. Meet. Meet. Meal. McBeal. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a while, but I usually get it. <laughs> and she's like, uh, like obviously, like, nervous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Ray's like, oh, yeah, Georgia said you'd like to get a drink sometime. And then we get a gif of Ali's head, like... Turtling. Going to like a tortoise. Like it's fight. a turtle, like, like in, yeah, like she's wearing a polo neck and she's yeah, like yeah, sort of yeah. straight in. And she's like, oh, well, yeah, just so long as we don't talk about the case, but I do get thirsty. And, and Ling just gets up being like, what's going on here? <laughs> and Nell and Georgia are like, Ling. And Nell's like, people are being nice to each other. Don't tug me. And I'm like, stop putting Ling yeah, around. Yeah, because Nell and Georgia have like literally dragged Ling away. I know. Um, and then Ray continues talking to Annie and is like, well, this is a little strange but I actually would like to and Ali's like great me too and he's like yeah so I'll see you in court and you see while they're sort of arranging this you see George's head like poke out yeah. from around the corner <laughs> yeah. it's very cute yeah. and, um, and they agree to meet yeah. and then Georgia looks really happy really pleased like, and I, you know. she's really sweet like, it's and really I actually lovely. as uh, Dave, you said, like, obviously we all know what happens, mm. but I, I do genuinely believe that George's motivation here is to do something nice for Ali. For Ali, and like, yeah, no, I do, I do think what comes up later is all kind of, at this time, subconscious. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, this, uh, I mean, there's a reason why I picked this episode as well, because uh, this was, you guys are very sweet letting me pick, and I picked this episode for many reasons, but one of them is I, when I was watching Adam McBeal when I was growing up, I had the biggest crush on Georgia. And Georgia Aww. is. This is a great Georgia episode. I was all. Yes. I always liked Georgia. I never thought that yeah. she was the bad, yeah. ca- the bad girl in the story. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. so and and what she does, and especially like Courtney Thorne Smith in this episode, is mm. really really good and deals yes. with a lot of very challenging sort of terrain emotionally yeah. and mentally. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Sure. but that yeah, that moment where she's clearly like shepping Nachos for uh, for Ali is really sweet. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, why can't this be the show? Yeah, yeah I know really I know it's very cute um, so then we have Ali at home rifling through a drawer in her chest of yes. drawers and Renee's here being like you, if you come home just to change your underwear mm-hmm. Ali goes yes 
he's not gonna get near my underwear, Renee. Let's take your mind out of where it thrives. And Renee's like, is there anything wrong with the underwear you are wearing? And Ali's like, it wasn't lucky. And she's like, excuse me. I feel like she's adopted uh, Dr. Butter's catchphrase. Because Renee is constantly, constantly either saying, excuse me, or why am I here? Why am I here? <laughs> Ali's like, I have lucky underwear, okay? It may sound stupid to somebody who gets lucky not wearing any, but I have two charms in life. shaming. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> an old shoe and a pair of... And she was like, I'm not about to go on a date with an old shoe. And then she finds it and she goes to sit at her dressing table and Renee's sitting on Ali's bed and she's like, well... She was like, is that guy really that cute? And Ali's like, mm, not really. He's kind of white bread. I'm like... Astonished here. I'm like, I'm like, sorry. A, it's Justin Theroux. It's Justin fucking Theroux. He is objectively a hot guy. And I'm just well, like... Well, Jennifer Aniston thought so. Considering they were like, talking about how cute, was it John Ritter? I know. Was. Like, really <laughs> waxing lyrical about how fucking hot John Ritter was. And how he was like, the one that got yeah, away. And yeah, and like, how like, uh, like... Uh, and don't get me wrong, John Ritter's in... Don't do John Ritter a disservice because John Ritter gave hope to a lot of us average-looking men when we watched it when we were 17. Yeah, yeah, but he that... is average-looking and they Not talk that about anything him... wrong with that. No, but they talk about him as if he is especially attractive and he isn't, whereas Justin Theroux is especially attractive and she's like, no, he's average. <laughs> she's like, what's going on here? But also, it doesn't chime with what she herself said earlier in the episode where she's like, Georgia, tell me all about this really hot guy that I had Tinkerbell I know, I'm just like, what's that? Maybe she's just downplaying oh it to Renee because she doesn't want Renee to be like, I don't know. I don't want you to sing a duet with him. Yeah, exactly. She's like, uh, not really, he's kind of white bread actually and Renee's like, as opposed to Billy, that wild thing. And I was like, sick burn, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali's like, I think I like him because he talks fast. He reminds me of Jack Webb. And I was like, that's what she said about Bobby. Yeah, it last is. Last season. Is. Yeah, she's got a thing for this guy. Jack Webb and Jack yeah. yeah, exactly. Then she goes on to say she had a crush on him, uh, on Jack Webb and Mr. Ed, but we're not going to go there. And I'm like... <laughs> No, let's not go there. Hard pass. But now we understand why you knew the entire theme song (laughs) earlier this season. (laughs) Um, And then she does this impression of Jack Webb where she was like, He talked really fast with his voice down low. (laughs) That's how Ray talks. Equivalent of a strip joint, Your Honor, place should be shut down, hurts the whole community, offense two women. Goosebumps. (laughs) Don't ask me why. And I'm like, no, I think I don't think anyone needs to ask you why, Ali. That's, uh, that's just you. So, uh, yeah, she walks off with her lucky underwear. Um, and then we have um, Nell and Richard in Cage of Fish. And it's later in the day um, because it's sort of dark outside. And, and Nell's um, saying that um, she takes the stand first up. So um, you need to go tonight um, mm. to the strip club. And, and Richard's like, um, can't Ling just tell you what goes on there? And, and Nell's like, Ling lies. And John comes in and says, I'm ready. I'm dressed in grace. <laughs> Which is like... I love that line. Yeah, I know. His funny little suit, like... Yes. I just want to get ready for a date and be like, I'm dressed in grace. 
exactly. Um, Richard asks now what she's looking for, and she says, well, I just want to confirm that there is no nudity and no touching. And Richard's like, no touching, they wrestle. And she was like, no sexual touching. And he's like, oh. And then John explains and says, grey is a blend colour to blend in. Because he's like, no one's reacted to his, like, I'm dressed in grey. And Richard's like, oh, excellent, I didn't even know you were there, John. <laughs> you ready? And John's like, I am. But remember, and Richard's like, ah, separate entrances with, with spies. spies. And then Richard leaves, and John says to Nell, "He paid me no heed." Well, as he, as he, as Richard walks out, like James Bond type music starts playing. Oh, I didn't playing. notice that. Yeah, 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 it does. And and he's just like, "He paid me no heed," and and Nell's like, "It's the grey. You just blend." And she sort of grabs John's hand and holds it and says, "Thank you for doing this, John." And she kisses his cheek and then goes. Be careful. And I just love that she's like playing along with it. I know. Him. So <laughs> gently pandering to his like fantasy. I wrote that down in my notes that, that Nell saying, Nell indulging John's spy delusion is the sexiest part of this episode. <laughs> It totally yeah, is. Yeah. It's what you it's want. It's so cute. It's yeah. so like... Rather than being dismissive of it or just or like, like rolling her eyes. It. Yeah. But it also but makes like... you buy their relationship. Yeah. yeah. Like she's quirky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. She is. <laughs> and I do think, like, if you put it on paper, like, well, Peter McNichol and Portia de Rossi, yeah. they're going to be a thing. You'd be like, really? Yeah. I don't know. How can we make that work? Will people For a couple that? of reasons. They, they, <laughs> yeah, but they, they totally, I think Portia de Rossi, um, I mean, you'd buy that, obviously, John Cage would be enamoured with um, mm. Nell yes. because she's a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. She's smart. She's funny yeah but like you can see you, you know it's the other way round that it might be more of a hard sell but i feel like portia de rossi does an amazing job yeah, yeah. and they like, actually put the work in to yeah. make it feel yeah. like natural and like oh yeah no believable yeah mm. exactly and what? i think mm. that talk about giving hope to like ordinary men everywhere yeah. like, oh. think that, that, let that me pull up a chair amazing. yeah there was like i mean it's funny because because when i was watching it i do very very distinctly remember even though i had a massive crush on georgia i really identified a lot with john cage when i was mm. growing up and it did feed some 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 uh, pernicious like uh some pernicious ideas in me which was like oh if you're weird and quirky uh it doesn't matter the girl will like you anyway and she'll come up and that and and, and she'll like you for who you are which is true but it's not true in high school you know no, so no. it was the wrong age for me to identify with the weirdo and think don't worry the women will just come to me they'll be they'll be entranced by my drawing everyone's the worst version of themselves in high school I think like, yeah. yeah I yeah. think it's, you mature and then you sort of oh you're still a child yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's just a gorgeous relationship. Yeah, it's I very love cute. It. Um, so, so then we have, um, we see Elaine in the unisex and she seems, she appears to be flossing with her own hair. Have oh, you I didn't notice that? that. No. She pulls a strand of hair, which is, as the camera first starts, she pulls a strand of hair from underneath and then she starts flossing with it. And I was like... That's not a thing. I have done that before. What? <laughs> I have done that, yeah. Because in times when I'm like, there is something between my teeth, I can't get it out, and I'm at work, I don't have anything to get it out with, I have done that. I use a piece of paper. Oh no, you'd give yourself a paper cut. No, so what you do... <laughs> you find, oh my God, I'm learning piece, all kinds of things. Find like a... a Thicker piece of paper, like card is a cardboard is especially. Oh, and card you, paper cuts. Are, like, no, no, you just you're very gentle. You just like, how wriggle are you it. getting a card between your teeth? 
just a thin card, not like thick cards. <laughs> like cardboard box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like thick and then all thick paper as well. Corrugated paper... card? Corrugated? <laughs> Sometimes glossy paper from a magazine if you fold it in half. Because if it's too thin, it just goes up and doesn't do anything. It's like too, it sort of dissolves. Like you need something that's got a bit of rigidity to it. And then you just sort of wiggle oh, I in. think your own hair is like nature's floss. <laughs> <laughs> other way of doing it. I'm going to use my only card here. We're not cutting that. (laughs) I don't know what to say to you. (laughs) Hey, if it's good enough for Elaine, it's good enough for me. Okay. Well, anyway, she's doing that and it's a really throwaway moment because no one references it. I didn't notice it. I feel like, was that just something Jane Krakowski did for fun? Like, just for a little laugh. Anything for the gag. Yeah, exactly. So then Annie and Georgia come in and they're talking about her date with Ray and what she can do. And she's like, bring him to the bar. It'll be easier. I know him. Billy knows him. If you don't click, we can dilute it. And Annie's like, I'm not crazy about everyone watching me on a first date. And Georgia's like, sometimes in a group situation, there's less pressure. And Elaine's like, I agree. And Georgia and Annie go into their respective stalls and Elaine continues going in college I had a date with the varsity quarterback talk about being nervous to take the pressure off I went out with the whole team <laughs> okay sure oh, and, and then we see Annie in the stall and she's sort of wriggling her underwear down and just as she sits down the seat flips up and she ends up going straight into the bowl and she does this kind of shocked gasp but then she squeals and Elaine turns and Georgia comes out of her stall to kind of see what's going on and they're like what what and she's like help I'm stuck the seat went up and John comes in um, and Elaine's at the stall door being like open the door and she's like I can't I'm stuck and she's like what do you mean you're stuck and Annie's like I'm, I'm stuck. stuck and John's looking at his remote because understanding what this happened. is his bowl yeah. and he presses it again because I think he's thinking if I just close the seat she'll be free but anyway the, the, the toilet seat just goes down on Ali's back yeah she's like, like John. well all drains lead to the ocean yeah and she just looks so mad and Elaine's going well can you open the latch with your foot and she's like I don't know and then George is like John flip over the top and John just looks at her like I can't dismount in <laughs> I love that ridiculous line. woman in as Ali manages to open the door with her foot and like the door opens and Elaine's like God she's in the bowl and like John like covers his eye with his hand and this bowl has got to be this I mean I this has to be a prop toilet that they created because uh, Calista Flockhart is small but she is not that small it's like it's like one of the forced perspective hobbit shots from Lord of the Rings yeah Um, Elaine's going where's my camera and Georgia's like can you move and she, Georgia's trying they to help pull her out, out. Yeah. Um, but they, they can't and Richard's like what's going on and Elaine's like Ali's fallen and she can't get up and John's hand is still over his eyes and Ali's really struggling and she's like my hip is wedged and Richard's like who left the seat up and John's just like gesturing, gesturing to the room right yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Elaine comes out into the complex I know oh my and god and she's <laughs> having the time of her life it's like and she, peak work 
work day. Yeah, like the best work day for Elaine. It's just happened. So she, she gets onto the stairs and she's like, excuse me, excuse me, everybody, I need to make an announcement. Um, could I have your attention? The unisex is temporarily out of commission. Ali's wedged inside the toilet bowl. We would appreciate your sensitivity until this crisis is over. Please go about your work. Yeah, and then she just looks very happy with herself. It's like a catwalk strut bag. In my notes, I've got it written down. Attention extras. Because it's like yeah. just this multitude of people that only ever show up whenever you need someone to, to address the office. And yeah. I, was, I was there thinking, wait a minute, how come they were like any of these people could have been sent to check out the mud wrestling place? Like instead, right? when you think about it, they're sending John and Richard, the two owners of the company. It's like delegate people. There's like any number of these extras could have gone and done it. Like you pay their salaries. Some of them must be interns. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, like Richard and John, they're two most expensive people. uh, And it's just really not a good use of resources. Richard's got an ulterior motive, of course, but... But John doesn't need to go. <laughs> well, he also has an ulterior motive because he gets to live out his spy, spy fantasy. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it's that thing of like, why do you feel like you need to spy? Why can't you just go? go. Like, <laughs> who's going to like like discover you and be like... Your cover story <laughs> is the story. It's yeah, exactly. real. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then we have Billy and Georgia are with Ray in Billy's office a bit later because yeah. obviously Ray's arrived for this date with Ali. Um, and Ray's like, you know, it's it's almost nine o'clock. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and Georgia's like, oh, I'm sure she's going to be out in a minute. And, and Billy's like, you know how girls get before dates. She probably just wants to touch up her makeup. And Georgia's like, yeah. And they all kind of go... Awkward silence. <sighs> yeah. Like, that Billy line. Billy doesn't get a lot of lines in this in this episode, but that, no. that, that, that line and the way he says it sounds so Mad Men-esque. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, women in the making you know, oil. Like. Yeah, I'd expect him to bring a cigar into frame. Yeah. <laughs> like crack you know. open some whiskey. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so then back in the unisex and firemen are here. I know. And a whole troop of them just yeah, to get Ali out. There are so many firemen. Like, it's mad. And they've also switched <laughs> to, like, shaky cam. Like, yes. like a handheld camera. <laughs> yeah. It's like an action sequence. Um, and there's a fireman next to Ali at the toilet being like, I'm afraid we're going to have to break it. And she's like, what? She's like, the oil isn't loosening anything and there could be some swelling. And Ali just snaps to look at him. Well, she like, just looks offended at the mere suggestion that a part of her might have swelled. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then John bends over and he's like, you're, you're going to smash my toilet? Like, he's really upset. And he's like, I don't know any other way. And he's like, you can't smash it. And Ali's just like, could you please hurry? Um, and the fireman's like, well, we'll just tap it to break out the side of the bowl and John sort of straightens back up going no and then Richard comes in with John's coat and he sort of puts it on his shoulders like John it's past nine we're late for our mission and John's like but he's gonna smash my bowl (laughs) and Richard just steers him out like never mind about that and and Ali's sort of saying it's my hip flexors that are stuck I I have have big big flexors And then Billy's come in to see how things are going. And, and Ali's like, oh my God, is he still waiting? Um, uh, and, and he's like, uh-huh. And he's like, how long? And she's like, did you tell? And he's like, no, we didn't tell. Relax. And then that someone's... There's pressed, a beep yeah. and a flush and Ali squeals and then starts to like giggle. Yeah, she's like, ooh. <laughs> and then you can see that Elaine has like pressed the, the button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> 
the news to us all. Yeah. Um, so then Ray is with Georgia, um, sort of this, I guess Georgia's just stalling him, I suppose. Um, and, and Ray's going, you know, exactly what do you think it is about Ali that you think I'll like? And she's like, oh, sense of humour. Uh, I remember you liking that. And Ray's like, yeah, do you remember what it was I didn't like? And Georgia's like, I think it maybe long hair. And she was like, and Billy. She was like, I met Billy the week after we went out. I don't think you liked that. And Ray's like, I definitely, no. definitely didn't like that. And Georgia giggles. Um, and, and he's like, sometimes I wonder if we'd had two dates before you met him. And she was like, you ever wonder? And she's like, never. And I'm like, bullshit. Bullshit, Georgia. It's Justin Theroux. I mean, if I was Georgia, I mean, you've got Billy. I, yeah, I am... Uh, and I mean, everything she's now found out about Billy. I know. I know. And, now, and then you're like, oh yeah, remember there were a lot of, I had a lot of options back then. It, and I plumped for this chump. <laughs> <laughs> I could control or delete this. I know. But I, that's the thing. I'm like, Georgia, you still have options. <laughs> yeah, your options aren't, you know. You don't have to go down the ship. <laughs> no. <laughs> you really don't. Um, so then um, we get shots of a new uh, neighbourhood and, and Vonda's singing Sigrid Agent Man Sigrid <laughs> Agent Man and um, yeah and th- then they're at the mud wrestling club yes. um, so it's John and Richard's mission yeah their mission so John has his black mac all done up to the top with his collar pop. <laughs> He's looking a little bit more like Yanish in Ghostbusters 2 in that he, one yeah, scene. Totally, his face is yeah. just doing, where's the baby? Yeah. The mod wrestling club. And he's 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 sort of it's down, it's a basement club. So he's walking down the stairs um as women are mud wrestling. Richard's already in there, so they've adhered to his separate entrances stipulation. Um Richard's already in there at a table and a waitress is serving him a drink, and as she's doing that, he strokes his his her wattle, which I'm like Look, I know you think you're in like a den of iniquity so anything goes, but this woman is at work serving you a drink. She's not there for you to just grab her. She's not in the tub either as well. It's like you're there to ascertain that people aren't being touched inappropriately. If you touch people inappropriately whilst you're ascertaining that, then you are <laughs> yeah. defeating the purpose of the mission. Well, I, this just goes to show that Richard was completely the wrong person to go to this place because he doesn't understand what is appropriate he and what isn't That's the problem. He thinks it's not inappropriate. He thinks he can just explain it away with like... Like, oh, they don't find it sexual, so it's okay. So it's not sexual. Yeah, if Richard came back to the office and said, I didn't see anything amiss, then you can't take that as particularly useful information. No, not at all. Exactly. But anyway, he's stroking wattle left, right and centre, yeah. sniffing his fingers. John kind of makes it onto the main floor as Richard's harassing another waitress. Um, John takes a dr- sip of a drink and he makes this face like this disgusting <laughs> and just puts it on a tray and then he moves through the crowd as all these men are like going wild about this wrestling and he yeah. makes it to Richard's table. He kind of slides into the seat <laughs> and yeah. like takes his Mac off and then a splatter of mud lands on his face and the music kind of cuts out it's with like a, record a record scratch, scratch. and he touches his face like where the mud is and, and Richard <laughs> Richard goes you've been made yeah that <laughs> um, cracked me up so and, much and John's like da 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 and, and, and Richard's like uh, yeah you, you've got some mud like yeah. here. like he's like pointing at his head um, and then we get this MC being like ladies and gentlemen you got some hot babes in mud put it together and I'm like this is so 90s <laughs> <laughs> hot babes in mud <laughs> 
like, where's Bill and Ted? They're about to come around the corner. And he's like, and now it's time for audience participation. Let's have some fun in the mud. Um, and John's like, what's that man doing? And Richard's like, well, he's auctioning a girl for a wrestle. And so they start this auction. Um, and Richard bids in the auction and John's like what are you doing and he's like investigating and John's like she didn't say wrestle and Richard's like I'm thorough yeah. <laughs> um, and Richard ends up winning the bid um, yeah. so he's gonna wrestle Jennifer who Jennifer comes out in like a green lime green one piece suit yeah very sort of if it was a red bathing suit it'd be very Baywatch yes. you know what I mean yeah. mm. she's like kind mm. of style and Richard and John have the Tex Avery tongues as yeah cartoon tongues but uh, yeah. yeah like um so far, I mean, so mud wrestling. Well, well, I mean, I was watching it and I was just like, I don't understand what the appeal is. Like, either I'm just kind of like, if it was, like, what is... I think for this, we need to turn to a heterosexual man. <laughs> but they look gross. Because I'm just imagining if it was like, say for instance, like the Magic Mike cast in mud, right. I'd be like, ew. Like, I don't... That looks gross. Like, I think I get it hot. from Richard, but I don't understand why the Tex Avery tongue ever comes out of John's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Wind that back up. He's already in the bag for Nell. He's already, like, he's drawn to her. He's not the kind of person who would, I mean... I, yeah. I, if it, it, it always feels like it's for the purpose of the gag. It doesn't seem like it ever fits with John's character to have a Tex Avery tongue. No, no. but I do also feel like with that sort of gif moment, they're inviting men heterosexual men to be like this should be your reaction Mm. yeah and if you as a heterosexual man don't have that reaction there's something there's something odd with you because objectively sexy because even an odd man like john Mm. cage finds this is a red-blooded male i I may be the wrong male uh, uh reference point because i have like weird ocd things about food on surfaces so the idea of mud wrestling utterly (laughs) repulses and repels me (laughs) so uh, they sell it as being this is supposed to be every man's fantasy to go to this club and i yeah i would have found it incredibly boring problem with ocd so the concepts of getting dirty before doing something and, and finding it sexy uh, doesn't appeal. No, no, I just mm. think like... But I think the but point then, is it's meant but, to be like slimy and slippery. And yeah, it, it, but it just looks gross. <laughs> like, I'm just like, but okay, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if anyone does like mud wrestling out there... Uh, oh, good for you. <laughs> you know, everyone's different and I'm not saying that it's not a thing that we're not cannot like, to but we don't, you. we don't get it. No, we don't get <laughs> it. We're just better people than you are. <laughs> David will kink shame you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So back in the unisex, Elaine has a fireman's hat on and she's like rubbing up against this fireman. I know! Oh my god. Do lots of people get stuck in toilets? And Ali's like, Elaine. And the fireman's like, ma'am, like, please, I'm trying to do my job. And then the, another fireman's like, right, everybody, stand back. Um, and they put <laughs> their, like, eye visors down well, on their I helmets. I just like, there really shouldn't be any need for this many firemen in this. Like, one fireman, basically, <laughs> like, two tops. There's tons of them. <laughs> it's yeah, like a Dr. Pepper so advert where everything gets, you know, progressively worse. <laughs> yeah. So everyone puts their eye visors down and it's like, oh, I want to see. And the, the fireman's like, no, ma'am, ma'am get back. Get and she, back. she puts her eye visor down, like, really sexily like she's like um, and then he he goes to swing and Ali's like ah and she's like be gentle and he nods and Ali like 
it's like mm. yeah she's like <laughs> smiles smiles queenly yeah. 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 <laughs> and then he um, he whacks he takes a nut he's sort of one two three, three and, and each off. time he hits Elaine like huddles like, yeah, she's like oh. into the nearest fireman <laughs> but on the third hit the bowl cracks yeah. and, and Ali's uh, free I have something to say about this this fireman character because I've, I've got him down in my notes as fireman dreamboat um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. I may have also, I think I may have also written the phrase "he tapped her bowl good." Um, <laughs> you really did. Because, but, but, but this speaks to something that, that genuinely, uh, all jokes aside, I, I have a problem with this episode for one reason, which is that, um, and this is not my objection, but Ali has a distinct lack of chemistry with a lot of the handsome men that the show is telling us that she's meant to be attracted to. I find that that happens. I think that there are a lot of, like, dishy men in season one and two, including, I believe, like, the objectively handsome Justin Theroux, that I don't think Cluster Flockhart... Like, they're saying that she's into him and that she wants to date him, but that there's no real evidence of that in the episode whatsoever. But I love the guy from the fire department... And I think she has more chemistry with him in that one moment where he's sweet (laughs) and attentive to her. He's solid. He's focused. He doesn't take any of Elaine's bullshit. He blocks it out. He's totally there for her. And she has more, like, I want her to go... I want her to blow off this date with objectively (laughs) handsome Justin Theroux and, and go on a date with this guy. Because it's like... It's like... It feels like a shame because he's not wearing a suit and, and, and he, he's, he's in a job yeah. and a position in society that perhaps the show would never make uh, an option for her, you know? That's but it's like, yeah. I actually feel like, like, come on, like, wake up, Ali. This guy is like your perfect I think man. The problem, I think the problem is, is that I think Ali, when she sees someone she likes um, and is, is is like contemplating dating them. Mm. I think she gets too into her own head. Yeah. And I think that stops her from being as kind of spontaneously flirty with them than she would be with a man like a fireman that maybe she wouldn't seriously consider dating. Yeah. So yeah. she's, she's relaxed. She's, yeah. she's much less bothered about what he thinks of her. So she's able to, like you say, relax and have these kind of spontaneously flirty moments between men like that. Uh, but as soon as, if, if someone was like, oh, why don't you think about dating him? I think immediately, if that was put on the table for her, she would once again get inside her own head. Psych herself mm. And, and, and mm. she wouldn't act the way that she is acting with him now. Yeah. 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 Like, but in that moment, in, in that moment where he, forgive me, taps her bowl, um, like... Uh, it, <laughs> love that <laughs> when when he when he loosens her from the the, the mortal coil uh, if you will of of the bowl um uh her porcelain coil <laughs> <laughs> drains lead to the ocean um but uh but um when he does that there's a genuine spark and so i just felt like it was a missed opportunity i would have loved it if the episode had ended unexpectedly like that like uh, she, that she leaves cool. the build yeah. she leaves the office building at the end and you just see the fireman waiting outside for it that and then george awesome is like the fuck billy i'll date Ray." <laughs> <laughs> exactly it would have all worked out win win yeah exactly no exactly. one would be butt hurt well instead of that we get the alternate timeline which is ali going thank you thank you <laughs> the and, darkest uh, timeline <laughs> yeah i know if you'll excuse me i'm late for a date she there's like this sort of 
and she comes out of the <laughs> toilet. Um, like, it's really funny. And her modesty is covered by a blanket. And she sort of waddles off in this blanket. And you just hear this fireman going, man, that's our blanket. I fucking love that moment. I love jokes like that, where you just have kind of like some extra in the background saying some, like, funny line. It reminds me of that bit in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse where one of the scientists is like, you took a bagel. <laughs> See, it reminds me of... Um, uh, a scene in After Christmas where, where one of the elves goes, I lost my home in that flood. <laughs> I love those little, they're some of my favourite bits. And Elaine gets those lines quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, There's I nothing like those. a good line that's off screen. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. those kind of jokes. It's really good. So we're back in the mud club and, and this time um, Vonda singing a song called Foolish Little Girl um, which has lyrics like, uh, well it's by the Shirelles, I'll come on to the lyrics later because it's less relevant in this mm. scene but it it's sort of blends into the next scene. Uh-huh. Um, so Richard is wrestling with Jennifer as John basically gets covered in mud spatters yeah, whilst yeah. that happens and then it cuts to the bar. Well, where... can, hang on, can I just say? Okay, fine. There is definitely sexual touching going on. Is there? Oh yeah, there is. There she grabs his. Is. He grabs. She grabs his head and puts it in her boobs and, and, and like, like motorboats him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I just, I, I mean, I like sexual. Whether there's sexual exploitation or not, aside, yeah, I am like. That's just fucking dangerous. Putting mm. grown men in with with young women. I'm just like. I can imagine these women could get easily hurt mm. in, in that situation, especially if a guy is drunk, which I they are. Yeah. Drinking. Um, assuming that because they're like wrestlers, they can handle themselves. Well, they're not but wrestlers, I know. Are they? But it's. Well, I mean, in this particular fight with Richard, she's he's. There's no way he's gonna dominate or win but no like, well I don't think he wants to be dominated no. I think Richard is quite happy to let her dominate him yeah but I can imagine it's you the potential get a, the risk huge. of yeah of, yeah of one of these women if if like it's one thing having these women wrestle each other it's completely another thing to, to introduce a, a drunk mm. yeah. man Who's not trained? Who, yeah. Who's uh, you're in mud? You can't it's slippery. Yeah. It, it's like I was just like, this is just fucking dangerous. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I think you're right, and I, I don't know whether it was their, their like what little health and safety consideration they gave to it was like, oh well, we've got like an MC like as a referee yeah. who gets out of hand. Uh, I'm just like, but, but you don't know what like you, you could easily yeah. break something. Wrestling's something like actually that. a very dangerous sport. as yeah. I'm learning, um, mm. and I um, I and that's. Even in rings where there isn't a slippery substance well, around. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I so was just like, this is... The like, risk is huge. It, I, I want to see the health and safety assessment. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to put in a complaint to Ling because she's the owner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, the scene fades into Vonda singing this song um, in the bar as yes. Billy, um, uh, Ray, Ali and Georgia are sat at a table on their like double day. And the song lyrics... I noticed were really as they always are on the nose because they go foolish little girl you didn't want him when he wanted you and George is saying what's worse worse, mud wrestling (laughs) or being stuck in a toilet and Ali's like well I haven't tried wrestling yes (laughs) and Ray's like well what I don't understand is if you didn't like the case why did you take it and George is like well we took it on principle the ling principle (laughs) our senior partner and she's about to like explain and Billy interrupts and he's like Georgia I don't think you should be giving away our trade secrets and I'm like, 
what's the trade secret about this? Well, I think he's like, she's about to dive into gossiping about their boss. Right. And I think he's just like, that's not professional. Yeah, like, that's another example of that. their latent sort of like racist passive aggression towards Ling as well. Like yeah, disparage her in front of the, you know, in front of opposing counsel while she's in the same bar as well. It's yeah. very... Yeah, that's true. Bad cricket, um, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and Ali makes me like we shouldn't even be discussing the case yes. um, um, because they're, it's like happening now. Yeah. Um, so ethically, she's correct. Um, and then Ray's like, you're right, let's dance. And Ali's like, yeah, I'd love to, but I have a sprained butt. <laughs> <laughs> and George is like, okay. <laughs> like really super keen. And Ray's like, okay. So they go off. And then we see Nell and Ling, they're drinking at a Another different table. table. Um, and Ling is like, why are they being friendly with the opposing council? And Nell's like, who cares? Are you ready with your testimony, Ling? Maybe we should go over it again. And Ling's like, I'm ready. Be likeable, sympathetic, sincere. Stop bugging me. <laughs> and then we go back to Billy and Ali, because they've been left since yeah. uh, uh, Ray and Georgia got up. Uh, and Billy's like, oh, so do you think you like Ray? And Ali's like, well... I might. I hear he's a great guy. And we see Georgia and Ray having a great time dancing. And then she says, pointedly, maybe I'll get a chance to talk to him. And then she like looks at them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think this is the moment where we're like, Georgia, Georgia, you've gone over the edge. Yeah. Come back. That line also does bump on me though, because Ali's like, maybe I'll get a chance to talk to him. And I'm like, you literally just declined to dance. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could slow dance. You do the robot. Yeah. But also, it's that thing of like, I really find it funny that she looks over at Georgia and Ray dancing, and then looks back at Billy, and Billy just looks like really oblivious, <laughs> like he doesn't. Well, I'm going to come back to Billy as well. We're going to put a pin in Billy because I'm going to come back oh, to him at the end of the episode. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Billy seems so, like he's getting off light, but it's, it's only just beginning. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm down for that. I'm yeah. down. Yeah. Um, so next scene, Ali's back in her apartment with. Renee who's um they're kind of um getting some midnight snacks i think renee's uh, got the ben and jerry's and and ali's making some tea uh and uh renee's like well what's the big deal um they're talking about the race situation and ali's like well the big deal is they're still interested in each other and renee's mm. like still attracted to each other that doesn't mean they're gonna do anything and ali's like oh, they shouldn't be going out to dinner at all if they're attracted. She's married. And Renee's like, hang on a minute, you were there. Yeah. Um, and I was like, only as a beard, maybe. And Renee's like, come on. And Ali's like, I saw two twinkles in their eyes. One in his, one in hers. And Renee's like, what are you saying, Ali? That old boyfriends and old girlfriends can't even have lunch or dinner together? I, and I'm I, like, the fucking hypocrisy here. This I is masterful. Love, but I just love how Renee is basically setting the trap she that is. Ali is going to walk like a perfect lawyer yeah yeah completely believe that Ali didn't see this coming coming. yeah I know but like Ali's like no look at you and Matt and Renee's like well that was wrong because we still and Ali's like yeah and Renee's like but Georgia and Ray and Ali's like maybe they still and she's like maybe they don't what if they're two mature adults who might still be attracted but too responsible to ever act on it can they have lunch together and Ali's like no it's wrong and Renee's like can they work at the same law firm? Boom! Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali's like, you tricked me. And I'm like, and I have the note here, like, did you not see that Easy. coming? Did you not it's see a masterful, masterful bit of Renee. When she's used well, like opening up yes. the floodgates of tea, she just like yeah. decimates Ali's argument there. It's brilliant. Yeah. And she tries to say that that's different. And Renee's like, no, it isn't. Maybe that's what's bothering you. Maybe you suddenly realised that all last year you were having some kind of affair with Billy. 
And I, I mean, Ali's made the tea, but Renee's served it. (laughs) (laughs) And she too enjoys a warm bowl. Right? And yeah, and Ali takes, what's funny is Ali takes a sip on that tea and burns her lip. And I'm like, what a metaphor. It was bitter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is bitter. Yeah. Next day, John is looking at the debris of the toilet. And I'm like, did no one? Clean that up. I know. Like, there's no cleaners in this firm. Um, and, and Richard comes in and he's sort of massaging his, sh- he's sort of rolling his elbow and his shoulder back like it's sore from wrestling. <laughs> he's um, hurt himself. Yeah. And, and John's just looking at this toilet going, they just smashed it. And Richard's like, John, please, no funerals. And I was just like, <laughs> It'd be just like John have a few over a toilet bowl. He says, "Like, well, get a new one, a fresh bowl." And Nell comes in, um, and and John started helping John, like rub his rub shoulder. His shoulder. Um, and um, and Nell's like, "Well," and Richard's like, "No nudity, no sexual touching." I'm like, "Really, Richard? Lies. <laughs> none, none, none whatsoever." And John goes, "The women are quite strong." <laughs> And I was like, so basically, and Rich is like, oh, a bunch of guys staring at breasts and butts, tongues hanging out, yeah. And I was like, oh, nothing we didn't expect, fine. And Rich is like, no, boys being boys, girls being girls. John's now moving both of Richard's like arms round yeah. and round, and then they click, and he's like, oh, that's good. Like, yes. yeah. And I'm like, who knew John was a chiropractor? Yes. Well, he's wacky. Yeah, he is wacky, yeah. <laughs> Then we have Ling on the stand being questioned by Nell. Mm. Um, and <laughs> can I just say, Ling is a wonderful witness to have on a stand. Cause she's, she's, just, she's fantastic. She's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. She's just so, she knows herself. She doesn't, she just, well, like, she knows her own mind. Yeah. yeah and it's just great to see, even if I don't always necessarily agree with her, no. I just respect her at all. Yeah. Mm. But she, she doesn't get flustered. Yeah. And she's like, the idea that it degrades women, it's ridiculous. Every woman wants to be thought of as desirable. Imagine they can go home at night, say, even in mud, I look good. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And Nell's like, well, you have to admit this activity does objectify them. And Ling's like, so? And Nell goes, Ling, how can it not be a little degrading? Women strutting around in bathing suits, guys whooping. And Ling's like, well, first, the women there make nearly $100,000 a year. And I'm like, whoa, that is heck well, of a lot of money. I'm kind of like, do they? <laughs> like, I, 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 if, if this was set in the real world... Would those women earn that money? I don't fucking think so. Uh, yeah, I was like, like, where are you getting I, that thing yeah, Not if it was a male employer, I don't think they would. But I, even so, they just wouldn't make the profit. It wouldn't... I don't believe that I've money is, is pouring in. the economics of these types of establishments and how much people typically make. Do you think it could be like they make a lot of money on tip? I think that's what she's trying to say, but... I'm also like, well, how do you get a definitive? Because it's just, if it's tips, That's not it's, salary. it's money thrown yeah. at them. And like, who is tracking that? Yeah. How do you know that that's definitely yeah. the I, I'm just like, mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, So, I don't know. <laughs> Let's take that with a pinch of salt. But yeah. she says how, the point is they are earning money, yeah. and how these drunken Neanderthals hurl money at them. Go into that club, you come out with a lower opinion about men. So, um, <laughs> Nell says, well, that could be true, but these girls do make money with their bodies. And Link's like, well, they make it by teasing men with something they'll never get their hands on. That goes to the very essence of a woman. And Nell's like, excuse me? And yeah. Link's like, sex is a weapon. We all use it. We tease, we tantalise, we withhold it. Something we do in almost every walk of life, be it marriage, business. God gave us that advantage by giving men the dumbstick. It's hot in here and there's no water. <laughs> <laughs> and Nell's like, the dumbstick? And she's like, penis. They've all got them. 
And so, Judge does not look impressed. No. <laughs> Possibly because he also has, has a, a dumb dick. <laughs> um, so then we get Ray questioning things to try and get the other side of the argument. So he's like, so as a woman, you see nothing wrong with putting half-naked girls in a ring, rubbing mud on their breasts for the sole purpose of titillating men. And she's like, no. And she's like... Ray's like, nothing at all. It's like, suppose we put them in a ring as boxers and cheered for one to knock the other unconscious. Would that be better? And Ray's like, are you comparing boxing to mud wrestling? And Link's like, of course not. Boxing's worse. Talk about reducing people. Let's pay two men to beat on each other. How rich. And Ray's like, you ever meet any of these women in your club? And Link's like, why should I? And Ray's like, ever bother to check out their backgrounds find out why they're in that ring i mean that this is a really good point yeah like as mm. objects of sexual desire and ling says it would be hypocritical of me to ask it would suggest i care and i'm like if that doesn't statement doesn't make her and richard like soulmates i don't know, <laughs> yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? they're completely. very much cut from the same cloth yes. in terms of being a boss's concern yeah sure. um, but ray's like Maybe a few of them feel like they have little choice. Perhaps for some, it represents their only choice. And Ling's like, well, how lucky are they to have you to take that choice away with feminists like you who need chauvinism? And Ray looks a bit confused at this point. And the judge is like, Ms. Wu, try not to give speeches. And she's Which like, I was like, what? You like, li- I mean, Ling says, said, she's like, let-, let that old woman give a speech. I know, I'm just like, why does she not get to say? Yeah, and another little bit of ageism from Ling there. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and Ray says, What about the message it sends to young girls? What if you had a niece who came to you and said, Auntie Ling, when I grow up, I want to work in a mud wrestling club. As opposed to a nephew who says he wants to play football so he can eat, get fat, and block. As opposed to a niece who says, Auntie, I want to be a figure skater, put on tight, sexy leotards, and win a gold medal. As opposed to a niece who says, Auntie, I want to be an actress and pretend to fornicate on 70mm screen with Dolby sound, accenting my every grunt and moan. As opposed to a nephew who says, Auntie... Miss Wu... I'm sorry, Your Honor, but hypocrisy makes me rot. And why is there still no water? Are you going to deny that women are being exploited in your club? Women are exploited by the high heel shoe. Women are exploited by the idea that we have to paint our eyelashes every day just to go to work. Again, Ms. Wu. I'm just responding to the question. Pharmaceutical companies spend billions of dollars convincing the world that cellulite is evil. Is that to empower women? What world do you live in? If anything, we should be glad to have my club because we exploit men. How is that? They're pigs. Mankind is based on a kind of pigdom. In my club, the women basically control the dumbstick and take the men's money. I'm getting tired. <laughs> like, Georgia and Ali are just incredulous. And I'm just it's like... 90s feminism. It's so 90s it's feminism. so 90s feminism. I just put Oling, you wonderful, damaging, racial stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> dragon <laughs> lady. <laughs> but as much as, like, I think you're right in terms of the content of what she's saying is we need to pick apart a bit, the way she says it. Yeah, it's, it's delightful. I mean, I just love yeah. every time she's just like, I'm tired. <laughs> like, yeah. Where's my water? I'm just like, I wish I had a bit more ling in me at work sometimes. You know what I mean? In the same way that Peter McNichol, you know, overcomes the, you know, some of the more reductive quirkiness of his character, I think Lucy Liu really definitely makes Ling yes. an indelible yes. character, despite how problematic the writing of her yeah. is. Yeah. And I think part of why Georgia and Ali are so incredulous is not the content so much, but just Etling's just delivery and just the fact that she's like not flustered. She knows her own mind. She's taking no prisoners. She just does it. And I'm just yeah. a bit like, suck it, bitches. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, her delivery is fantastic. But it's, yeah. Shall we, shall we save it for retrial? I think let's save it for yeah. retrial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so 
Ali's back at Cajun Fish uh, a bit later, sort of debriefing Billy on everything. And Ali goes, she's my hero. She's vicious. And I was like, finally, some nice things to be said about. A rare lucid moment. Yeah. (laughs) And she says, I disagree with almost everything she says. She treats me like dirt, but somehow she's my hero. And I was like, good. Yes. Yeah. Finally. Um, but then Billy's like, well, when does the judge rule? And she says, um, well, Nell thinks he might want to call at least one more witness. And then I guess the future of mud wrestling will be decided. Um, and then John walks past carrying the kind of piece of the toilet bowl that broke. Mm. And, he, and as he walks past Ali and Billy, he just puts his hand up, like as if to say, like, no questions, I'm not talking. <laughs> and Ali and Billy just like stare at him as he goes past. And Billy's like, uh, okay, so I guess I'll see you at dinner, huh? And she's like, sorry? And he's like, aren't the four of us going out again? And, and Ali's like, oh, I'm not sure yet. And she sort of walks after her, uh, walks off. And Billy sort of just looks confused. <laughs> she goes off. Um, and then Ali goes up to the library, like, mezzanine area, yeah. where all the books are. And that's where Georgia is. Um, and she sort of sits next to Georgia. She's researching at her table. And she's like, do you want to tell me what's going on? And Georgia's like, excuse me? And she's like you're not looking after my social life, you're taking care of your own. And George was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And Ali's like, you know what I'm talking about. This is about you spending more time with Ray and I'm the device that allows you to tell yourself that you're, you're not betraying, betraying Billy. Billy. And George was like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, don't be ridiculous. Like, yeah. And Ali's like, are you? And George was like, fine. You say you want to meet men, I try and help, fine. Sorry. And Ali just gives her like a knowing look. Like, okay. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I have to talk about this now because we have reached my... Objection! Oh, okay. This is the beginning. This is the beginning, the beginning of, of my objection. And I, I was surprised how viscerally angry I am uh, about this. Because, okay, so I thought my objection was going to be in the scene before with Renee, when Ali is being so hypocritical about her own culpability with, with emotions and, and love and friendship and fidelity, right? And that scene with Renee, because Renee articulates it so perfectly to Ali, the scene sets up an expectation for the audience. It like creates this sense that Ali has genuinely been given some food for thought about her own actions. You see her like considering it at the end of the scene. So, yeah. you know, like you'd expect that when Ali goes and confronts Georgia, it's, you know, it'll be after she's gained like a modicum of humility uh, and, and yeah. she's going to apply that to the situation. Yeah. But instead, she is just so smug. Like yeah. she's yes. she's she's loving it. She's lording it over Georgia. The look she gives her, the way she like plays around with her, like she's a cat with a mouse. Like I've got something on you, and this sense of superiority that she's employing. This yeah. is Ali's chance to turn the whole narrative with Billy and Georgia around for good. She could have said, "Look, I know what you're going through. I've been where you yeah. are. I've made those mistakes, and it doesn't go good places. Trust me." She could have yeah. used this moment to truly solidify her connection with Georgia, but instead. Her face is just like Georgia's not perfect. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Mm, imperfect yeah, like, Georgia. You know what I mean? It's like she's not reflecting at all on her own dalliances and mistakes. Instead, she's yeah, just reveling in a rare moment of being able to feel superior to Georgia. When the truth is that she's not superior to Georgia at all. And no. it's just the way she acts in that scene. And uh, I'm gonna, you know, later on the the objection yeah, yeah, surfaces. Yeah. It's so petty and childish. And Georgia's like she just has this one blemish finally to Ali, and Ali is. 
Have, we've all had those friends who somehow sort of like passive aggressively delight in a moment of our like weakness. Yes. When yes. they've actually done things just as bad or equivalent or totally, um, yeah. and, and, you know, and or, or worse, and 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 they use it to build their own self-esteem back up and yeah. to exonerate yeah. themselves of things that yeah. they know they've done wrong. Yeah. And Ali is just not being at all mature in that sequence, and and no. Georgia's being really like Georgia doesn't deserve that. She's no. she's shown Ali so much more consideration, and she's so oh. much more grateful. Yeah. about everything that the yeah. one time Georgia is showing some fallibility this is Ali's moment to be a friend and she's not being yeah, a friend yeah exactly and it's just like you know and that- the joke is I think Ali thinks she is being a friend yeah exactly that's the sad thing that's the sad thing yeah and it's just like the trait that they've both displayed and yes. have now have experience of is it's human yeah and she should be going to georgia and being like i get it like it's natural to have these feelings but this is how you deal with it so that you don't cause damage <laughs> yeah. yeah you know yeah. or argue or even like because i don't think ali should be giving life lessons to anyone no. but i just feel like <laughs> i get it just just turning around and going i get it have you thought about why you're doing this mm. like because i feel it, it might be the root is this and not just you want to see me happily coupled up yeah. with someone yeah. that yeah. you know and you like. Like, I, I just, I feel it might be more. Like, yeah. have mm. you thought about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Rather than being yeah. like, I know where this leads and I know what... Yeah. It, it, There's it no just, empathy and compassion. No, you know what no, I mean? no, exactly. And it's such a missed opportunity, And, and the fact that she, and like, if she had said that, it could have given uh, Georgia an indication that Ali knows why it was wrong what she yeah. did for the last year. Yeah, and that she's sort of done some self-reflection and there. personal growth. growth. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been more persuasive to Georgia. And Georgia yeah, would have been exactly. more receptive yeah. to it. And you Georgia know? would have been more willing to admit it in the moment rather yeah. than deny it in the moment. Yeah. The more yeah. I yeah. listen to this podcast, the more I've become <laughs> increasingly convinced that Ali is the villain of her own television series. It's like... <laughs> like crazy ex-girlfriend villain in my own story yeah. it's like Mackie in the shield it's like she's an anti-hero she's just like this relationship yeah. succubus that drains she her is. friends of life force mm, imperfect Georgia what's so good. funny though is she thinks like she's this like champion for love but she actually she's, she's a cupid but she's a love hoover yeah just yeah. sucks Thanks. I'm glad it wasn't your objections. When you guys objected, I was like, I'm so glad you guys are bringing up those objections because I wanted to object about those two. But I was also like, yay! I didn't, I, I. <laughs> I didn't yeah, pick yeah, my objections. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Then we've got, we're in Nell's office. Nell's sat at her desk and Ling is sort of painting lipstick on herself. And she's like, are you having fun in this case? And Ling's like, it's okay. Prefer being a plaintiff, but defendant's nice too. I get a martyr glow. I really love that line. I get a martyr glow. <laughs> and, and Nell's like, you know Ling? And then she's like, never mind. And Ling's like, what? If you need to share, of course I'm here for you. Did I smudge? And I was like, last Saturday, I went out in the morning to get some coffee. I bumped into somebody from my old firm. He didn't recognise me at first without my makeup. Four years, I worked three offices away. He didn't recognise me. And I was like, so? And she's like, so? There are people who've never seen me without makeup. And Ling's like, now, when I hear you talk this way, it makes me wonder, is there a point? <laughs> And and now gets up and she's like, the point is, progress aside, women are still things to be looked at, objects. These clubs don't help. And it's like the other day I was shopping and a man in the store actually growled at me, a sexual growl. And I don't think he was the least bit embarrassed to do so. I liked it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing this summation. And Ling's like, excuse me? And I was like, look, I can continue with the case, but the summation. And Ling's like, I want you. And I was like, you don't want me because I can't sell it. And that Ling's like, sideless. <laughs> this is an annoying like, trend in, in the Ling episodes, whenever Ling has a case, that uh, inevitably be it Georgia, Ali, and now, disappointingly, Nell, they always flake out on her case in the last inning when mm, they're yeah. about to win. Uh, I guess I just noticed that they always seem to flake out on her at the end, and it's just disappointing yeah, to see do. Nell yeah. do it, yeah. to be honest, because Nell's the kind of person I think wouldn't, wouldn't have left her yeah, friends, yeah. you know, yeah. side in that moment. Anyways. Um, so, so next we have the Hawaii Five-O theme song playing. what the fuck is this Like, it's so fucking weird. Yeah, so what happens is, that's playing as John is walking through the complex. He's like, picking, he's like, sort of going like, hey, hi, sure, yeah, picks up a package, rattles it from the mail trolley, then he sort of, sort of puts it back and is like, go on, like, to the, like, makes a thumbing He's sniffing it for mud, I know yeah. And then he sort of is pointing at random extras, like, hi, hi. And George and Elaine sort of see him from across the room. Um, and then he sort of taps a random employee and just takes her drink and sniffs it. And then he gives it back. And Elaine it's and George so are like, like confused. What the fuck is going and then on? he picks up a letter opener and feels the point of it and like wags his finger at an employee. Like, no, no. And no, puts no. it in his jacket pocket. <laughs> and Elaine and George are like, it cuts to them and they're like, eh. And like, and then John takes a rose and he's going to put it in his lapel. And that's when he like bumps into Georgia and there's like a record scratch yeah. the Hawaii Five O song like cuts out and Georgia gasps as John like pulls out this letter opener from his pocket like ow that could have hurt yeah um, Georgia's like everything okay and John's like it's fine and then Elaine whispers in John's ear she just jumped out at you I'm a witness and Georgia just looks mad and walks off and I'm like I don't understand. I don't... What the fuck is this scene? This is a C-plot filler. This is what I was saying earlier about it. Like, when you've got an actor as... as When you've got an actor as comedically talented as Peter McNichol, and also the same, you know, the same goes with Fish. Like, you can fill an awful lot of dead space by just getting him to... Just setting him loose with an odd gag. Oh, you think you're a secret agent? And it fills a good couple of minutes. That's the, 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 that I guess that that's my one downside of this episode is his 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 this spy thing doesn't rub well with me, you know. But. Oh, so do you you think it's connected to the spy thing? No, he's being a spy. That's what he's doing. He's is he? he's he's being he's being cloak and dagger because the Hawaii Five O Hawaii Five O is about a bunch of cops. He's basically sniffing the the. The, the mail packages as though it's like oh, as though it's like cyanide or, or, or right. smallpox or something and then when he puts the knife in his thing he's doing the thing that Nell beefed him up to be which is right. like yeah you're dangerous oh. and he's like I am dangerous and it turns out he is dangerous but not in the way he thinks oh, he's dangerous to himself I needed uh, you to explain that yeah exactly I did explaining. <laughs> useful mansplaining thank you David because <laughs> that whole context flew over my head completely yeah, I was just like yeah I think you like, didn't know the Hawaii 5 no, reference no yeah. no not at all yeah, yeah. thank so you was... trust me trust me the thing you needed explaining did not require explanation <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it wasn't worth it but yeah it was just funny a funny random scene um, yeah. but then we get Ali in her office and I've put working question mark because like that never happens <laughs> that, um, to and... be honest you could just cut and paste that into any episode <laughs> yeah um, so Georgia comes in and closes the door and she they have this confessional scene where George was like mm. you could be right 
you remember when you went out with that boy, that 18 year old a couple of months ago? And Ali's like, yeah. And she's like, you said that you never intended for anything to happen or for it to go anywhere, but you wanted to go on a date anyway, just to remember. And she was like, what did you want to remember? And Ali's like, oh, I don't know. Um, staring into the eyes of an 18 year old maybe. And George is like, well, one of the things about being married, I guess, you don't get that date high, that little, you know, and Ali's like, hi. And George is like, hmm. And she's like, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a little, and Ali's like, affair. And George is like, it's not an affair. Well, I was like, you are being a little melodramatic there, yeah. Ali, because I don't think what Georgia has done thus far no. compares to what Ali, Ali has did done with, with Billy. Billy. Yeah, exactly. Hot Kessel like, identity crisis, yeah. yeah. I know. And George is like, it's not an affair. And Ali's like, Georgia, it was a version of one. Two people communicate their mutual interests, smiling at each other, dancing. And George was like, he's not. As far as he's concerned, he's there with you, Ali. And Ali was like, he was not. He's doing exactly what you're doing and it's wrong. And George was like, nothing's happening. I would never. You know I wouldn't. And Ali's like, I do. But I also know that Billy going off to look at mud wrestlers is less than an offence than what's going on here. And actually, I would agree with that. Yeah. Although, although yeah. I, I've got to take umbrage with that. She says Billy going off to look at mud wrestlers is the same. And I'm like, oh, really? No. That's the that's the only parallel or conflation to George's situation you could think of? Miss yeah. Minty Vagina? No, She's like, yeah, right. she had this yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she literally yeah. has had a conversation with Billy about how she was Minty when he no, went I down know. on her. <laughs> Billy, has done, Billy has done way worse things than if he were to go off and look at the mud wrestlers. I mean, like, yeah, I hate yeah. that episode where he wants to look at the uh, woman's... Br- breast implants um like he's done plenty of foul things but this is an example of something that david e kelly does all the time when he wants to soften the blow for his male character's position which is that he'll do the false conflation which is that what georgia is doing there is a parallel which is ali and billy's dangerous friendship yeah Um, Yeah. friendship with benefits essentially it feels yeah emotional benefits but Ali picked the least objectionable thing Billy's done yeah. Uh, yeah. as the comparison well, yeah, he hasn't done yeah he he's didn't not even done do it, it. Yeah. but yeah. I think what she's saying is that was something that Georgia got upset, upset about, about. Yeah. potentially yes. doing and actually this yeah. is more of a problem yeah but emotional cheating is absolutely different from thinking somebody else is attractive or maybe objectifying somebody else emotional cheating and, and, and putting yourself into dangerous situations with people uh, when you're in a committed relationship is very, very dangerous and not yeah. the same thing. You know? no, so I feel like yeah. it's like Ali created this narrative because it's an, uh, it's, a, it's an argument she can win. And that's what she's doing with everything Renee told her, which should have been making her reevaluate herself. She's like, yes. oh, I, I get it, Renee. You mean I can hurt Georgia with this? Great. Yeah. And then she yeah. runs off and then yeah. starts yeah. using it, saying it's using wrong and it's an affair. Using knowledge for evil. <laughs> she takes all of the information, but none of the conclusions. Yeah, yeah, yeah none yeah. of the lessons. I think, yeah, Georgia just furrows her brow and, um, yeah, so... It looks like Ali has, like... That also irritates me that she's like, darn, you're right. Yeah. You know, I hate yeah. that. So no. we're in court. Nell's questioning a man um, and uh, we don't know who this man is, um, but we find out because uh, Nell's like, so you were a lawyer? And the man's like, well, I still am a lawyer. I just practice on the side and she said well what do you do for a living he says i'm a dancer i work at the squat and gobble which ill 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 <laughs> so grim a name and uh, it's a male strip club <laughs> he's just um, in my notes as squat and gobble guy yeah. um, and and now's like you strip and he's like i do and and ray's like excuse me what's the relevance here squat and gobble isn't even in this neighborhood this has nothing to do with this case and now's like you're free to disregard him if you don't think he's relevant and the judge is like just speed it up yeah. she's like, okay well why dance instead of law 
And he says, well, I make great money and I enjoy it. I love dancing. I'll be honest, I'll get a kick out of the way women respond. It's not something I'm gonna do forever, but for now. And Nell's like, but don't you find it degrading? And he's like, no. And she said, would it bother you? I mean, what if I were to say, all I wanna do in life is go over every inch of your body with my tongue and make love till I dehydrate? Wouldn't you feel like a victim? And he's like, I'll get over it. And I'm like, this, this is, is not, not to the do same. anything. I'm like, <laughs> harassment case like, so what is this but also now even if it was it's not the same no it's not I'm just kind of like like now anything now oh, you're such God. a 90s feminist let it's us, the false conflation again come to 2019 and let us sit you down and explain <laughs> everything because honey no why is this anything of anything Nell no, usually does so well as well she I does. know she's such yeah. a good lawyer I know slight misstep here yeah, yeah. Um, I can't blame her. I feel like it's just the time. The 90s. Yeah. Mm. Um, so they're coming out of the courtroom. Ali's come out first and she sort of turns and was waiting for Nell to come out. And she's like, mm, that was kind of a stunt, don't you think? And Nell's like, well, the point is, a man, a lawyer, did anyone see him as a victim? And Ali makes a good point that says, it's, it's not, not the same. same. Um, and Ning's like, I like stunts. <laughs> and Nell's like, all right, we give our final statements after recess and then we're done. And I want Richard Fish to do it. And I'm like, why are you saying his full name? Like, <laughs> why not just Richard? Um, but Ali and Georgia are like, what? And Ali's like, why? And I was like, we have an hour. I'm going to go and get him. So Nell and Ling leave. Um, and then Ray comes up behind Ali. And um, Ali's startled by him. Um, but he asks if he can steal her a second. She's like, okay. Um, and he says, I'd really love to see you again. And she's like, really? Um, look, Ray, I'm, I'm going to have to pass on that. You're, you're a great guy and you seem fun. But under the circumstances you being opposing counsel, I hope you understand. And, and Ray sort of glances over and Georgia is further down the hallway, like mm. leaning against the wall. Um, and he's saying, um, I, I don't actually. Georgia led me to think, and Ali's like, Georgia's been doing a little too much leading lately, I think. Uh, and Ray's like, okay. Um, uh, and he just leaves. And Georgia sees him leave and she's like, what, what, what? And like, hurry up. <laughs> and she's like, what did you tell him? And Ali's like, just that I hoped that he, he wasn't feeling degraded yeah, <laughs> as a result of your fantasies. And George was like, what? what? And she's like, kidding. And she's like, what did you really say? And Ali's like, just that I'm not going to date him. Which is her fine desire. Yeah. You know, her, her perfectly her right to say. Um, so then, then we have Nell speaking with Richard in his office to try and convince, convince him, him to do the closing. closing. And he's... Um, arguing against him being like why why me I haven't been on the case you should do it and Nell's like I don't get it no woman does you went there you wrestled from what I gather you had a good time and Richard's like muttering happily to himself being like oh, it was <laughs> so like memories like um, and Nell's like the judge is a man I need somebody who speaks his language to get get up there for the final push just speak from that thing inside you that thing inside all men that makes a man a man and now like pings this like weird pingy clock thing on his yeah, desk yeah. and Richard's like <laughs> the dumbstick and she's like exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we have Georgia going to the courtroom and Ray comes out of the courtroom and is like um, Georgia Richard, Richard Fish is closing like what's up with that and she's like oh don't ask me I don't know and, and Ray's like oh so far today I am losing Ali just said no to a date and Georgia's like, yeah, I heard. And Ray's like, you said that she was interested. And Georgia pulls Ray to one side, mm. trying to explain the situation, being mm. like, I actually think she was, but then she figured out, so was I. And Ray's like, 
what? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, not interested, interested. Like, I'm interested in pursuing something interesting. But it was fun being in your company again. And Ali figured I was setting up the two of you for my own, you know. And and, and Ray's like, and were you? And she's like, not on purpose. And Ray's like, I mean, I have fun, I must say. I'm not sure Ali had anything to do with it. And George was like, yeah, we should probably get in there. And Ray's like, you know, the problem was is we never kissed. They say the wonder can kind of compound through time. I'm sure if we kissed, George says, we wouldn't wonder. And you'd just be a opposing counsel in a bad tie. And Ray's like, yeah. And George is like, hmm. And Annie- I'm just like, run away with him, George. Yeah. What do you, okay, okay. Because I've got to ask you guys, what is your opinion of Ray? I like him. Why do you like him? I, I think his main... Uh, redeeming quality is that he's not Billy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, the lesser of the two evils. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I've not seen anything to say that I don't like him. No, I like way. him. Um, I don't know enough about him to be like, he's someone you should run off with for life, but I, I definitely don't think Georgia should be with Billy. So yeah. I'm like, so I'm not? like, here's your out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is just my male perspective on it at all, uh, for what little it is, but like, I, I find him a little opportunistic and predatory. Okay, so she's being very forthcoming with him, which I think is great because George is always in integrity. She she doesn't play any games. She just comes out and tells people Straight. what's going on, yeah. which is I always respect. And he she creates an opening for him of sorts uh, because she's wrestling with the indecision and the attraction. Mm, and mm. I think his kiss gambit, I don't believe in any way is honorable. Like he would like, it, yeah. it's like how in the first season, Billy would, would take Ali towards suggestive places. Yeah, even though he, he had like, no intention of doing it like yeah. and 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 it was like he he reveled in her desire and I, it just feels textbook that he's putting that idea and he's incepting that idea into her head because he doesn't care whether she kisses him or not but you know? i do think it's different in this regard because she never actually had a relationship with this man. She yeah. went on one mm. day. Yeah. But, you know, but she is married. So he is saying something suggestive to somebody who could have everything to lose. But, but he so... could have everything to gain. So, mm. so it, it's that thing of yeah, like... Yeah, but that's if he was interested in more than just perhaps having sex with her. Because he says a line later about how, um, like, maybe it would have been just physical. Perhaps he... like. Part of me found him quite predatory and opportunistic in that moment. Like, he's like, I don't think he had any real intention of having a relationship with her more than just busting the taboo of, this is the girl I couldn't have in in college who went away with that guy before I could have sex with her. I think flirting with someone is not necessarily predatory. Mm. He's being Mm. very flirtatious with her and she likes it. But she, yeah. she's conflicted by it, obviously, because she's yeah. married. But that I don't think that necessarily means you can say he's being predatory. He's mm. pushing his, he's pushing his hey, chances. Yeah, he's being word. opportunistic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think opportunistic. But I think, uh, and I, I, I think Georgia is lying to herself when she's like, "Oh no, I'm very happily married." You're lying very. To, oh yeah, that's you're bullshit. That's terrible. You're lying to yourself. Yeah, it's complete <laughs> bullshit. No, you're not. You're not very happily married. Who would be? And and it's With just Billy. like, and I just think he can. I think he can. He's, he's, that. he's trying yeah. his luck. Yeah, he's trying yeah. his luck, and I don't blame him for that. Yeah. And I uh, guess, yeah. but all I mean is that if he were to, if they were to consummate that attraction and then he leaves, then he 
doesn't have to deal with any of the pain and trauma of losing, having going through a divorce, uprooting entire entirely everything George's life represents. I think. Georgia at this point isn't necessarily saying oh he was the one that got away the ultimate Billy I think Mm. she's just like he's a guy that I never explored anything with and Mm. actually did I did I should I have done back then before Mm. I like downed tools and was like (laughs) downed tools (laughs) but I think upped one big tool I think Georgia I don't think she's the sort of person that would necessarily expect a potential um, relationship with Ray at this stage to be like another like oh well I'll just marry him instead yeah. I think she'd be like mm. let's see how it went and if it didn't go anywhere fine but the fact that it would have ended my marriage with Billy is probably a good thing regardless because clearly I wasn't happy yeah I guess the thing I'm trying to say is is that you're projecting your desire for her to not be with Billy onto her choices whereas what she's established in this episode is that she vows are important to her yeah, whether yes. or not she's happy with Billy. She, yeah, she takes her marriage very seriously. So it's a matter of her own self-respect that she wouldn't... She says at the beginning, he wouldn't go there, he's married. Marriage yeah. has always mattered more to her than yes. it ever yes. had to Billy. I think yes. you're right there. So, 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 so when I talk about her losing, it would be losing a, a, a bit of her own self-respect, I guess, is, yeah. is, is the thing. That's why she's wrestling so hard against this. Not because she's in love with Billy, because I think even she knows on some level that that relationship is flawed. Oh, I, I actually think you know. she is in love with Billy. I think she, I mm. think that's the why only else reason, would you say? Yeah. The only reason you mm. would put up with that shit, I think she does actually love yeah. Billy, but mm. I think she is aware that Billy that's does problems. not treat her well. Yes. I think that's what's so painful. I think she truly does have doubts, yeah. I think she might indulge a kiss with Ray, but I think I think it's unlikely, as you say, because marriage is so important to her and she takes her vows seriously. I think mm. she... If would, she wanted, she, if she wanted yeah. more than a kiss, I or, think or, she, she would, would go and speak to mm. Billy, Billy and be like, and be like I, think I think we need, we're over. Yeah. Well, we can come back to it a little later in the wrap-up because we're going to talk about this, obviously, when we get to the last <laughs> yeah, 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 so... Um, so We've got more opinions. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, so she's like, you'd just be opposing cats in a bad time. Ray's like, yeah. And they're like, hmm. And they're kind of letting that percolate. And as that happens, Ali comes around the corner and she's at the other end of the hallway and she sees them. Um, and Ray's like, besides, you're very happily married. And she's like, very. Um, and then Ray goes to like pick some lint off of George's shoulder. And there's this like, like, <laughs> alarm noise happens. And Ali just starts screaming, screaming and running towards them. Like, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Like, no! Like, interrupt the interrupting. <laughs> and then she's like, we're back for closings. And George's like, yeah, we were just going in. And she's like, oh, oh, here comes our secret weapon. And Richard walks in with Nell and Link. And there's these, like, cowbells <laughs> ringing. And Richard's going, I hear the bells. I'm ready. And Link's like, you better be. And I was like, come on. And Ali's, like, holding the door open as everyone files yeah. in. And as Georgia goes past, Ali's like, is everything okay? And George's like... It's fine. <laughs> like, and Ali just narrows her eyes, like, hmm, tell me. And <laughs> um, so then we have Ray's uh, closing. It's a free country. Women should be free to dance naked. Men should be free to go watch. People like Miss Wu should be free to run such a business. It's a free country. Problem is, you can't be free without equality. You can't be free under oppression. And these places, strip clubs, mud wrestling, whatever, they do foster the notion that women are sex objects. They do reduce women. And it's that stigma which contributes to oppression against women, violence against women, and gender inequality as a whole. And no community should be forced to put up with that. It's quite matter of fact. 
Yes, yes. Um, so then Richard does his closing. Yes. And as always, Big it's shock. a delight. Yeah. <laughs> so he says... Frankly, I'm tired of this equality thing. I'd like to see a woman walk around all day with testosterone, see how she likes that. Your Honor, as my uh, pretty client told you, God punished man by giving him a taste of Pandora's... Uh, and, and we were left weaker for it. Imagine, uh, if you will, and I do every day, the breast. Is there anything particularly aesthetic about a lump with a nipple that would cause a man to jeopardize his marriage, his business, his, his presidency? Two guys could be sitting, sharing a pizza, a 90-year-old woman passes by, huge breasts hanging over her walker, they go, check out those. Mr. Fish, what has this got to do with, with a, a, a wrestling club? club? Yeah. I'll tell you. Once a man hits puberty, he gets this sense he'll forever be part idiot. It, it's debilitating. It hurts. These strip clubs, you go, you look around, you see the women, then you see all the men, and you realize you're not alone. The room is full of idiots. It makes us feel better. And that's important. To be honest, yes. It's, it's liberating. You grow up hiding in closets with a flashlight and a copy of Playboy, trying not to get the pages sticky. You wonder if you're some kind of deviant, fear of being a pervert. It can drive you to be isolated, perhaps antisocial. You don't fit in. You go to work at the post office. You just don't belong. You're different. The insecurity festers into neurosis. All the while, you're normal and you don't know it. You go to this club, you see normal. These places aren't just sex shops. They stand to preserve our mental health. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like Richard's like predicting incels. He is. He absolutely yeah, is. He is. But at the same time, it's like, well, then if if the way to solve inceldom is to go to a strip club, yeah. like then why well, we we shouldn't have any incels? If that no, 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 indeed. No. You think that I'm that would have yeah, wrapped itself up? Yeah. Argument is correct. I know, no, I'm I know. just saying, like a lot of what he's talking about, we now have quite an active conversation about in terms of. I think Laura Jane's right. I think I think you absolutely are right that he's describing incels. Yeah. I think this was very nearly my objection. Uh, okay. his, his speech because I there are a couple of things he said that are absolutely wrong and even dangerous to say yes. uh, on behalf of men one of you know the, the part idiot part of it yeah. is a justification for so much lazy sexist yeah. misogynistic behaviour yeah. and it's it's actually verbiage that, that I mean I, I actually vividly remember this speech from when I was a teenager watching this I remember the line about Playboy because it was just so gross it's stuck in my brain ever since <laughs> but 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 even though what he was saying was like icky, his thing about testosterone, oh, walk around with testosterone all day, our high libidos, we're crazy, we just, we just need it. I remember internalizing that and thinking, yeah, I need help. I'm yeah. lonely. I'm, I've, I've got all these, I'm, I'm just a man with needs and, and, yeah. and women don't understand the, the burdens we go around. We have no choice. We are part in it all the time. We can't help it. And that is yeah. just not true. I mean, one of the yeah. things that um, best thing my girlfriend said to me when we were having like a, a conversation about this a couple of years ago was she was like, you know, people say they, you know, men specifically say that they, they have no self-control whenever they're being called out on a piece of abusive or, yeah. or sexist, misogynistic behavior. Mm. But, but it's like, but those people go to work and they don't, they can control themselves in front of their boss. They can yeah. control themselves in front of their family. They can control yeah. themselves in front of anybody who could give them a consequence. Yeah. It's, when they're, it's when they're away from consequence that they feel justified. And, and, and I genuinely believe a lot of men convince themselves of this outright lie that they yes. can't help it. And so 
this is goes back again to what I was saying about how like there's a cumulative desensitization effect when it comes to Richard that after a while yeah. you're like oh it's just Richard being Richard it's the same thing as him getting into the mud bath and it's like yeah. because Richard is no threat to this woman because he, Richard's an idiot then that means it's not dangerous to put a man in a bar who could have been drinking into a mud pit yeah, with a yeah. professional w- wrestling woman I mean yeah. like yes it is dangerous but because Richard is the one delivering the message David E. Kelly has softened the blow for it yeah, and made yeah, it yeah. less threatening so it's like so richard does yeah like i mean that very nearly was my objection but he actually says it in the episode boys will be boys yeah yeah. Yeah. this is our this is our biological like programming to make us shitty people and we can't help it so that's Mm. the end of that's that's that like uh, we wash our hands of our own behavior (laughs) he did everything short of scream i like beer you know what i mean yeah Yeah. exactly yeah exactly it's just yeah no it's 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 incredibly like it's it just does men a disservice oh mm. hugely and it's because hugely. we can control ourselves yeah we yeah. have the ability to treat people with respect and and it's a lie to be to tell us that we are not in control of our actions that we are people because he's saying we are to be pitied really yeah he's making a he's saying if you say men are weak then you're you're, you're actually doing them as much of a demeaning disservice and also it, it also feeds back into that thing that ling was saying in her thing of being like oh like we should be feel sorry for the men because we're exploiting them not we're mm. exploit like because men are so stupid yeah like uh, and and you know this is their biological imperative and we're exploiting it yeah like and so that's why you shouldn't worry about the women in those places or what or what these places might you know the the impact of these places have on the wider cultural yeah. society yeah. it's yeah. we should we should feel sorry for the men mm. because we're just taking advantage of their inherent stupidity when it mm. comes to seeing and women like, in guys, mud can we all just hold ourselves to everyone <laughs> higher standards, standards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like that's not a hard thing to us no no I mean, I there's so much stuff. That, I mean, that is why I do, even though I have a different objection, co-sign both of your objections. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, David. I will sign that petition. So, so the judge then does his summation, and, and he says, I think the scientific word for these establishments would be silly. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> is that science <laughs> that's science concentrate <laughs> and he says um, but unfortunately we use sex to sell almost everything these days television movies diet coke nightclubs feature comedians telling graphic sex jokes many using violent sexual humour dramatic movies depict naked explicit sex comedy show semen dripping from ears and I'm like what's something about something Mary about the, yeah there's something about Mary and Ali winces at this so I guess she wasn't a fan of that movie <laughs> um, and he says I think what's upsetting everybody is not that these clubs failed to reflect community standards more than that maybe they do and Ling stands and is like could you just cut to it and say that I've won and the judge is like Miss Wu as much as this pains me you win and Ling's like oh, I'm so pleased and the cowboy is like do do the cowboy. No, oh, yeah, the sorry. cowboy. The cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> the cowboy. <laughs> yeah. A cowboy walks in and is like, do, do. Candy grab the bundle. <laughs> no, 
say a cowbell and uh, and then then the music kind of kicks in and it's one fun day by yes. Chuck Berry and Lynn yeah. looks like super happy and she's like hugging yeah. Nella Richard um, like Nell's in the middle of this hug yeah, between them yeah. and she doesn't look entirely happy no. that <laughs> and then it kind of fades into the bar with Vonda singing and Richard yeah. and Lynn she's there like, singing and deep down she's thinking one day I'll get out of this fucking nightmare basement <laughs> But Richard and Ling are like walking through um, with some drinks to sit down and he's like, oh, maybe we should go to your club and celebrate there. And Ling's like, please, it's disgusting. And I'm not happy you wrestled. <laughs> and then it then cuts to Renee, Ali, Billy and Elaine at another table. Um, and Renee's like going, well, where's Georgia? And Ali's like, oh, she went to get the papers from the clerk's office. But then she looks really shifty, like... Like she might know that she might be doing something else. Um, and then and she turns to Billy and says, do you want to dance? And Billy's like, sure. And then John and Nell are dancing and Nell's being like, going like, sorry about your bowl. Um, and John's like, oh, well, there will be others. And Nell's like, I was really proud of you going undercover. And John's like, oh. And she's like, you would have made a great spy. And I was like, you're so cute, you guys. <laughs> I do ship them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then um, in the final scene, we have Georgia at the courthouse waiting for the lift to go down because she has indeed been picking up the papers. Yeah. Um, and Ray is there, and he's um, like, oh, hi, Georgia. And she's like, Ray, you still here? And he's like, oh, I'm going home. Bad day, I guess. Lost my case, Ali. And they get in the elevator, because it's come, um, uh, arrived. And he's like, uh, you know, of all the bad dates I've had in my life, you were the one that... And Georgia just looks at him, and he stops. And he's like, we really don't have anything in common, did we? And Georgia's like, not that I remember. It would have just been... And he's like, physical... And then he's like, mm. so you're really happy. And George is like, very. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah. Um, Mandacious deceit. I know. Um, and then he's like, I wish once we'd, Georgia, and he, and he, and he, and he go, reaches over to stop the lift. And this is one of my pet peeves that we've talked about before. Yes. Nobody yeah. does this. the lift. Because I don't know what the fuck happens after you press that button and I don't want to find out. But also, that's, that's why I find him a little predatory. Like, he's, he's, he doesn't really yeah. move to where she's going, it's but like, he does restrict he does, her. He's basically and corner. Her. Yeah, 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 that is true. That is true I think yeah. he gets away with it because he looks like Justin Theroux in my mind. Yeah, you know that is I mean? a problem. It's the fact yeah. that he's so handsome and charming, but he is still being very, uh, I don't know, manipulative to me. Uh, opportunistic is, yeah, is opportunistic. The, the, the word I for feel like him. it's just shy of predatory. It, it is just shy. It, I would mm. say uh, I consider predatory behavior to be when he, you're going for someone who is vulnerable he is taking advantage of the vulnerability that he knows she is clearly physically attracted to him and she's yes. in a position where she has something to lose which is her marriage it will ruin her life more than it would ruin his yeah and, you can, and he's taking advantage of the vulnerability that she has shared in the i think he can sense that the marriage isn't like as happy as because she, she said that she was interested for a second so he's like oh there's a chink in the armor and i actually do have a note here dave um that i've noticed that i've put that um, creepy a bit later like just mm. slightly after this because okay. it's the point at which he's made it so that she cannot escape even if she wants to in the lift that's the bit that I'm like if you don't know for sure that someone's down with this yeah, then stop don't pushing stop it. them yeah. having an escape route yeah, yeah you know yeah. that's yeah. the bit where I was like oh I'm not sure I like this yeah, okay okay like, notwithstanding my general fear of lifts and the mechanics that go into yes. it that none of us understand <laughs> <laughs> we cannot behave fast and loose with, with the button button <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, he stops the lift and he's like, under the heading, it'll go nowhere. And Jordan's like, what are you doing? And he's like, one kiss. And Jordan's like, we can't. He's like, not to lead to anything, just to know, to know what it would have been like. And he's really close to her. And this is the point where I've just put creepy because I'm just like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just too I much. Get, I didn't read it that way. I just feel like it's too much when you can't, he doesn't know that she's definitely into it yet. And I just think she's got no way to get out of that, even if she mm. wanted to. That, and she said no to him a couple of times. Sure, yeah, her eyes are yeah. definitely saying something different. But it's like, there's a grey area there that I find Yeah, yeah problematic. I've not read it as creepy, but it was when he stopped the lift that I was like, I don't like this anymore. I think I was just blinded by the fact that he is quite good looking. <laughs> <laughs> I am a guilty feminist, I apologise. Um, so I was just jo- looking at him through my average eyes. <laughs> So George is like, I think we can guess what a kiss would feel like, Raymond. They're all pretty much the same. And Ray's like, yeah, you're right. And he lets the lift go. And I'm like, how? How? You didn't know how? <laughs> um, and he used his like, dumbstick. Yeah, I know. And then, and then after he lets the lift go, um, George just goes, going nowhere. And he's like, right. And George stops the lift. Yeah. And then they get very close. And One Fine Day starts in again yes. in the background. And then Georgia lets the lift go. And she's like, I can't. And Ray's like, okay. But he still keeps leaning in really close. And then the lift gets to the bottom. And you can hear it stop. And Georgia breathes this sigh of relief. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm off the hook. I guess we lit, hit ground. And Ray's like, yeah. And like, they're both relieved. And the door opens. And they say goodnight. And, and, and Georgia just walks away out mm. through security. Yeah. That's, that's the end. Yeah. I just it was felt really depressed because I do want her. I uh, in my in my head, I'm just like, yeah. imagine a storyline where she does run away with with this guy, leaves Billy for this guy because I'm just like, yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, I just want her to live her life. <laughs> like, yeah, live I mean, her like best life, and I don't. This feel was like an interesting. This scene was the reason why I chose this episode. Yeah, um, okay, okay. This episode, I mean, like, uh, there's a lot of reasons why I thought this episode would be interesting to, to talk to you guys about, especially, like, it's written, co-written by a woman, had a very interesting case, which mm-hmm. I didn't know the answer to whether or not it was, you know, I didn't know what side I fell on. But yeah. this scene is very, has always been, like, um, the last time I kissed someone to, quote, unquote, get it out of our systems, I ended up with that person for six years and counting. So <laughs> so this this scene is very, like close to my heart and it had a had a very strong effect on me because it was like um it was like my girlfriend's american and so two different countries there were a bunch of different reasons why it probably wasn't a good idea for us to start anything yeah. and we were like do you know what we're just like we just need to like maybe we just need to get it out of our system <laughs> one kiss and i literally had that conversation yeah. with her and yeah. and and the experiment was a failure because <laughs> nothing because now not because now we're incredibly <laughs> happy and and anything, and, and she did embedded the code deeper yeah indeed exactly and 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 so i was watching it going through is absolutely absolutely does want to kiss her he's absolutely doing everything he can to get her in that mindset and she and and i feel like she does such a great job in the performance like you know that if she did kiss him it would be all over that they would she would have to like if she kisses him it's not that she would like run away with him but she would have to go home and tell Billy that she's breaking up with him. Or tell yeah. Billy that she's having feelings for someone else. Yeah. Yes. She does everything shy of having to do that. And so so she makes a, a judgment call based upon her own value system. Mm-hmm. And but but I know how powerful those kinds of 
moments are. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, it, it does make me feel very deeply sad for Georgia because I don't think it's a question that she's a bad person for finding him attractive. No. I think it's sad. I'm not it's sad because it. she's It's sad because she's in a loveless marriage. Yeah. And really what she should be doing is going and, and talking about it with her husband and, and telling him that, you know, if I have feelings for someone else, and I've had this happen with, you know, previous relationships where, where they've ended because the person has decided, has realized, oh, I have feelings for someone else. Therefore, my relationship with you cannot be as solid as it once yeah. was. And I can't do that to you. And Georgia yeah. gets right up to the line. And in order to continue being in her sort of like safe place with Billy and not yeah. having to confront it, she doesn't do it. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's a complex, complex scene. And I, I just wanted to talk yeah. about it with you guys because it's so yes. kind of like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's always great to see Georgia and uh, Courtney Thorne-Smith being given something really meaty to do. Yes, yes definitely. I Someone other than Billy to have chemistry with, you know what yeah. I mean? And I actually think that George, uh, Georgia, with the introduction of Nell and Ling this season, she hasn't had a lot to do yet this no. season. So mm. I, I like about Nell and Ling. Yeah, which I, yeah. I don't buy from her character. No. So it's just nice to see yeah. this where it's like all about her and her feelings. Yeah, the complexity of her feelings because it's difficult. Yeah, and Um, the complexity of like human relationships. Yeah, Um, and yeah, I think you know, I think it it nearly verged into creepy for me when he hit the elevator button, but then Mm. she hits it, which says to me that okay, she's complicit into this, and I think they're just lucky that they hit. Because the thing is, I think I don't think I boy it as creepy. I don't. (laughs) <laughs> this whole thing of like, oh, he's exploiting a vulnerability because she's admitted. Like, I don't think that's a real vulnerability. Yeah. I think someone's predatory when they're hitting on someone who is drunk or on drugs or yeah. like an actual, like mm. they are adult in their mind. Like they are not in their right mind. Yeah. And I don't, you cannot apply that to just feelings. Yeah. Feelings mm. being in, in not being in your right mind. Like that would not stand up anywhere. Yeah. I, I I don't think she is vulnerable and I think he knows that she is into this because she is standing so close to him in the lift if she was attracted to him but she was like no but I really cannot go there you would place yourself on the other side of the lift like yeah. when you went in, you would not continue to stand as close as she does. She does an admirable, in. admirable job looking like she's attracted to Justin Theroux, who is, as we all know, ghastly. <laughs> is he? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> Like, God, for a minute, I, for a minute, I thought we were going to have another like Greg Butters moment where you guys were going to be up in arms, split the table. Over. Objection! I'm just joking. Sorry, They can't all be Doctor Butters. Like, the the yeah, I think uh, I don't think I didn't feel creepy by his behavior, like creeped out by mm. his behavior mm. because I felt like she is giving him. Yeah, a, a signal by the fact that she is stood so close to him yeah. in a in a space where she could back mm. away from him yeah. and have mm. space between them okay. if she wanted it. Okay. I think the only thing that he did wrong in that moment, which is that she was giving him signals that she was interested, but at the same time she kept saying "we can't" or "I can't," and he would say "okay," but he wouldn't move. He would yes. not move away. He is. He does know that there's a reason to keep standing there, and he well, is not moving. I'm loath to quote R. Kelly these days, but she was doing a very good, my mind's telling me no, but my body! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, which is, you know, uh, 
a, a trope that is problematic because it's that mm. thing of like you can't control you, your body. Well, no, and it's glamorized. It's glamorized. Women, women say one thing, but they mean another. Yeah, you know that mm. that thing of like, and and that feeds into uh, a thing we were talking about in the last episode yeah. where um, you, you had someone who was badgering Ali. And, mm. and 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 she was saying yeah, no. yeah. And, and and it's just that thing of like oh no she she's um pretending she doesn't really want to be mm. with me but actually she does yeah and that is a problematic mm. thing and it's the same kind of damaging casting uh, stunts that they do which is that oh because it's Richard saying this dangerous thing it's not as dangerous but also, but also because it's a very charming Attractive incredibly man. handsome man yeah. doing this then it's not predatory yes. But I don't actually think he is predatory. <laughs> okay, Eleanor. Okay. You can believe whatever you want about the nice handsome. <laughs> I don't think he is. I think that's, I think that's a slightly uh, hysterical word to use for his. Okay, Dave. She's just called us to hysterical. <laughs> I do. I, I think opportunistic. Yes. Okay. All right. I think this could be a good moment for me to insert an excuse me. <laughs> Retrial. So it was Mope versus Ling Wu. I know. How do we pull oh, this pickle apart? Hell. There is so many. My like, work, my first note is red. Wow. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's so much like random stuff that doesn't actually relate to what it is that they're. Mm. The, like the bit where Ray's like, Oh, what if your niece wanted to be a mud wrestler? Like, what we do? It's like, what has that got to do with anything? Like, in terms of the the issue is like, it should should this mud wrestling venue exist in a in a residential well, I think, area? Wait, I think he was going to. Their argument was initially it's a nuisance. They they brought the claim under a nuisance thing, which is like, is this. Uh, the the existence of this club in this residential area causing a problem because morally is it something that we want in a residential area? Yeah, which I think like it's sullying the neighbourhood, the good, the good yeah, values of the neighbourhood. Yeah. And think... I think he's the why he's bringing in the niece stuff is he's because it's a residential area. There are families. So is I that think, something that you morally? So I want? think I think the argument should have been if you ask a child in this area about the mud wrestling club they're probably not going to fucking know what you're talking about they're not going to be aware they'd be like I love mud Uh, yeah Yeah. exactly it's like when this club is open these kids should be in bed and if they're not there's the parents fault like I'm just like they they wouldn't be aware that this this thing is open and I I don't you know this whole like somebody please think of the children like argument (laughs) is like really like it just falls down immediately they think that it's like a, a symptom of the neighborhood re- being brought into disrepute do you know what i mean mm. it's just like not a nice neighborhood anymore well yeah. i i think that's like that that comes with the stigma around sex work doesn't it yeah mm. and that i did think yeah. that there was this i mean a lot of the stuff in this court case that we see is twisted and like con- mm. con- Sorted beyond yes. all recognition, but I think mm. there's there were some issues there around uh, sex positivity yeah. in terms of anything to do that's remotely sexual is something yeah. that is like puritanically wrong and like yeah. that. And down. you've got to also remember that these are performers 
not sex workers that they are essentially yeah, putting on a show yeah, like yeah. cabaret you yeah, know cabaret yeah, could yeah. cabaret could be considered a titillating show for a crowd of praying men but it's more artistically valued yeah, you know what i mean yeah. and i and i don't see that much difference between what they were doing in that club um the richard the like inviting patrons to take part notwithstanding but there's not much difference between what they were doing in that club and cap and like burlesque it's a similar vibe or like outcome like <laughs> I guess like I, I reckon burlesque is more art- I, I, I guess I guess it depends whether you like wrestling or not like I never used to like wrestling well, no, but I now think... I appreciate it as a sport more I and never more. got the impression that these women were actual wrestlers yeah, even if they're, they're just they're... performers end of the day yeah. they're not it's yeah. a performance I think their argument is strongest when they point out the double standards in society to do with the sexualization of women yeah. I believe that the legitimate concerns about Ling's establishment were we don't know whether or not those women are being exploited. Um, But I think the thing that they did make sense of, which is that um, the way we should change the way women are objectified in society, the way people don't recognize people without makeup, is by lobbying for change in our culture, not litigating this one establishment. And I do do think, for me, those types of establishments are a problem because it's, it's the power dynamic. If you want to go work there like do that kind of job that that's fine that's your choice it makes you good money like Mm. but i am like these are businesses that make money on inviting men to come in and objectify women Mm. and i feel like that exercise of objectification of a group of people over and over again is something that compounds the problem of of burlesque it is all shades of this of this issue I, I that, find that it... runs through like it's a thick vein or that runs through society. <laughs> thick yeah, vein. Like, that, that runs through society <laughs> and 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 there are shades it of runs it. Through the dumpster. Yeah. Through the dumpster. <laughs> 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 but it like there's, there's levels of it. There's different yeah. as as Ling yeah. goes on to say, like, you know, with act acting, yeah, with with sure. like there are shades of it everywhere we look so Mm. it is you know and and sexism and misogyny is is too big a problem yes to be Mm. solved by just getting rid of these places but also getting rid of an establishment owned by a woman like she's being specifically targeted as well Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah the thing that i'm struggling with is trying to like find a middle ground between yes you're right the sexism the, the thick vein is there and that's the problem but also i'm also would love the world to be more sex feminist sex positive if you see what i mean mm. but i feel like that is not feminist sex positive the mud wrestling well uh, things where we are inviting men to come in and objectify women yeah I, I but then I would a, a I would put burlesque in a, in a in a sex positive. I mean, the men are definitely category. coming in to objectify the women in burlesque. I mean, but it's more it's, yeah. more, it's considered more of an art form. Art it has form, more legitimacy. Yeah. And I'm and I and I'm just trying to like I guess I'm just trying to explore in my own mind like well why is that? To me, it's more artistry. There's more talent involved. But I think that does wrestling a disservice. But I don't <laughs> feel like those women were wrestling. I feel they were just slopping around in the mud. Right. Like yeah. they weren't show. I didn't see anything in that scene that indicated that these women have any actual wrestling skill. The other thing I'm thinking of is like the, the difference, and I'm not saying I've got any answers here, but it's like the difference between, what's the difference between like 
grid girls or like ring girls which obviously I'm not a fan of I think it's like a, a role that's been women have to fill to like look pretty and like dress up the yeah they're just there for men to ogle yeah. um, versus say a girl band wearing skimpy outfits performing and I'm like well the difference is the power dynamic yeah and, mm. and I'm like well where's the power dynamic in this mud wrestling club well the girls don't have a lot of power no, and yeah. that's, I think that's why. If the I case had been about that, I probably would have found on behalf of the prosecution. Yeah, but, but but their premise was: is this a threat to our community? Yeah, and, and it's I more of a threat to society it, and the yeah, women yeah. in general. But that's yeah. not what the case was about. And no. that's the thing: it's like I'm just like I don't believe this is impacting your children in any way, shape, or no. form. This mud wrestling because they shouldn't be aware it even exists. This is just a symptom of a, a societal-wide problem yeah. that is ancient, yeah. and we're not going to solve it by shutting down this one club, one club in this one area. But does that mean that that one club should exist? Well, uh, it, it's it's uh, like a drop in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it, It's really, like Ling says, it, like sexism is, is everywhere. Like everywhere. It's... It's it's woven into the very fabric mm-hmm. of everything mm-hmm. we do. So, mm-hmm. like, how can you object to this and not to the other things? And she does have a point in that regard. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. but there was there was just this thread of that argument around. You know, it was very nineties feminism around. Well, these women are in power. They're making money. Like, yeah. look, and look at them. They get to go to bed at night and think, oh, even in mud, I look good. And I'm like, this is like nuts zoo-loaded yeah. playboy culture writ mm. large. Do you know what and, I mean? And I, it's I, like a fallacy that that's doing women a favour. Yeah, like it's not. Uh, I mean, the reason I would want to shut it down is um, mainly to do with the fact that they invite men t- to go into the ring with these women. Yeah, that's the problem. And I'm mm. just like, yeah. whoa, what? No. no. Like, yeah. can mm. you imagine yeah. what a drunk man would do with yeah. a woman who's slippery yeah. in a bathing suit? Like, I'm just like... Fingers, like I'm just yeah. like I'm just like oh my fingers, fucking god, tongues, Finger, no. yeah, I'm just like you don't fingers and thumbs and toes. Yeah. Like, this whole thing of like oh no, all the no, more no. dangerous if they dress in greys because then you can't see them coming. <laughs> they blend in <laughs> exactly. They're like a ghost. I know, but also the fact that Ling clearly didn't purport herself on that stand as being a responsible business owner that no. looks after the welfare of her staff. Her staff. That was a massive red <laughs> yes, flag as well. Exactly. Like she might as well be like a chauvinistic yeah. male yeah. pig boss. Like So I guess I guess we're all kind of in agreement that it's like I mean, this is the quote that I have in my notes, unfortunately, but one last pun. It's it's muddy. It's, it's, yeah. it's literally muddy it's just it's like Ling should win the case I think the judge sums it up best where he says painfully as much as it pains me you win yeah, yeah. which is yeah. that like she wins but she's not right necessarily no yeah exactly yeah. it's it's just it's, it's not right but it's, it's like it's a fact okay. of life it's like it, it's a fact of our society yeah. and we can't solve it by just banning it yeah. from and especially mm. I feel like you know, banning it from like a nice residential area is kind of like that's besides that, the point. But but also it's kind of like you're adding more danger onto these women's lives by cutting them off to like a seedier side of town. Yeah, like, that's you know true. what I mean. Yeah, that's that, what like, Ling makes that point. Exactly. She's like how lucky we are to have you to take that one choice. Away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Interesting mm. one. It is. Only one. And they kept like. It, yeah, muddying the waters with like <laughs> arguments that had absolutely nothing yeah. to do with the the issue. Yeah. Like with yeah. the 
like yeah. male stripper. And I wonder and how much boys will be boys. I wonder and... how much of that was a symptom of having the two writers. Like there would just mm. seem to be conflicting points of view coming all over the place. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. things that ha- were just completely irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. It was slopping around, it got in our eyes. It was just... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, right. like, they genuinely, it genuinely feels like a, a, a debate because the things that Richard says and the ways that they, some of the actors they put through, this is why it was so important like, because uh, I I don't watch the shows of people like Shonda Rhimes, but it's hard to it's hard to remember that the nineties there were no female or people of color showrunners. Mm-hmm. If you were a showrunner on a show, you'd be like you were lucky to have a person of color or a woman writer on a show, let alone yeah. a showrunner. So yeah. for all of like, even though I don't watch Scandal or anything like that, like I, Shonda Rhimes is hugely important because oh, yeah. there are things that just would not occur to a man. Like so, you pointed out the pothole of like, but men are being put into the ring to to fight the women. That's it didn't problem. occur to David uh, E. No. Kelly, yeah. and like, and like, uh, it, you know, it didn't occur to the, to uh, to the female writer he was working with. But maybe she brought it up, and maybe he said, he "Yeah, like, but it'll be a funny gag." Yeah. It's funny because it's Richard. Like, yeah. there are so many things that guys will give other, like, guys will give themselves a free pass on when it comes <laughs> yeah. to issues yeah. that another person will be able to say, "Look, there's something genuinely wrong with that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. right. Verdict of the week: <sighs> the jury's back. Who wants to go first, Dave? What's your verdict? Okay, I'm going to throw myself upon the mercy of the court. Okay. And request two. Okay. Um, Granted. I will not give my not guilty because we all know who's not guilty in the story. It's Georgia. Georgia's not guilty. So so we're not going to... I won't even say that one. (laughs) Even though I just did. (laughs) Lawyered. Okay, but um, I find Ali and Billy guilty. Ooh. Billy wasn't in this very much. Oh, but he was. And he was clever. He was smart and clever, and I know his game. And I'm going to explain it to you. Explain. And I w- would you like to hear my Billy Butthurt rant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because come on, come on, come on. He, it, it's possible to conclude from this episode that Billy's actually managed to go a whole episode and commit that rare feat of, of getting through it without doing anything wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. He does notice that Georgia's, like acting weirdly with Ray, he has little moments where he looks mm, at Ali yeah. when Ali's saying, it would be nice if I could talk to him. And, and like, they're sharing looks with each other. And he's, like, to, to use the quote of, like, uh, uh, our friends from the Bitter End podcast, like, don't phase him, don't phase him. Like, <laughs> he's totally calm and composed. And he seems almost like, whatever, right? Yeah. And then at the end, when, when Ali says, do you want to dance? He looks at her with this Cheshire cat grin and goes, sure. Like, so, it's like, sure. Like that. <laughs> it's so smug, right? And I know exactly what that means because we've seen, you've got to judge it in relationship to everything else we know about Billy, yeah, which is that yeah. if, if Georgia mentions even even just having noticed that another man was attractive, Billy turns into fucking Fred Waterford from The Fucking Handmaid's Tale, you know? <laughs> so it's like, but... But for some reason, he's perfectly fine with someone who she almost dated in college, yeah. who who she clearly has chemistry with, that's obvious to everyone, and yet he's fine. And it's because he's drawing the exact same false conclusion that Ali has in her smugness, which is that because Georgia has feelings for Ray, that he and Ali are completely absolved of any of their emotional oh. wrongdoings. So you see, you yeah. see, she says, do you want to dance? Because Georgia's not there. And he says, sure, because we're not doing anything wrong anymore. We can ah. flirt and be normal and dance with each other. And it's fine because, yay, imperfect Georgia. They are both basking in the fact 
fact that Georgia is no better than they were because it means that they believe that what they're doing is harmless. And, yes. and you know, uh, just because she's, it's, it's because suddenly she's not on her pedestal. She's suddenly not the most virtuous person in the world. And they're both so happy about fucking it. smug. Yeah. And so it just, it, it, I mean, like, I mean, to be honest, like listening to this podcast has been so amazing because it's like after that second episode, when I like remembered that he had slept with a, a sex worker before his wedding, yes. I was like, how is Billy not cancelled from episode two onwards? <laughs> it's like, it says yeah. so much about the 90s that the writers thought that they could have a male lead admit to doing that in his second episode. Yes. And we're still rooting for him yes. to yeah. leave his yeah wife and go out with Ali and it's just like so I find the two of them insufferable I think they're both guilty they're both reveling in any <laughs> like 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 and they're doing exactly the same thing that uh, Ali did in in, in the objection yeah, they yeah, are yeah yeah they've given themselves a free pass because Georgia ain't perfect no more so oh, fuck wow. those guys that, Well, well observed, yeah. Mr. Trumbull. Yeah. Okay, that is so good. It takes a man to catch a man. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That's so good. I, I love it. I love it. That's really good. That's really good. I'm going <sighs> to go with Georgia not guilty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I just feel like, I just feel so sad for her because, I, I mean, I, I think that she does, love Billy but mm. I think she is painfully aware mm. that he does not love her as much yeah. and he actually treats her pretty shoddily mm-hmm. and I think she knows that deep down and she doesn't know how to fix it and here she is with this guy who she's very clearly attracted to very clearly wonders what could have been Yeah, and I was like so wanting her to kiss him in mm. the elevator just to see maybe it would have not gone anywhere maybe it would have but i was just like oh fuck's sake live your life georgia i just so give her a moment you. of happiness yeah, yeah like joy where someone's like actually like not that treating marriage, her like shit that marriage <laughs> is a prison i know yeah for her. and i, I just, did feel happy for her in one way though i felt happy for her that she stood by her own values which is yes. that she wouldn't do something unfaithful. So yeah. she didn't do it for Billy. I think she did it for herself. Yes. Even though yeah. she I, deserves happiness. I know. Yeah. And I think that's what I... I Because I, I was left feeling quite sad at the end of this episode because mm-hmm. it just felt like wasted potential. Yeah. And, it, mm. and it saddened me. Well, it's like that. There was so much tension I in that know. scene and it never really got resolved. No. And so, uh, yeah, like as a, an audience member, you're left like... Ah! Not like, gratifying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the siren I, sounds. I mean, definitely their intention. Yes, like yes. to build you up and just be like, God damn it. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. Um, so I'm gonna go with Nell as a not guilty again because oh, okay. I think after the tough time that John's been through over the last few episodes with mm. Stefan. I just think Nell was perfect with him this episode because I she just know. built him up. Like, he latched yeah. onto this, like, spy thing and she was like, I'm going to run with it and I think you need that from me yeah. today. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I just thought it was so adorable. And it worked like a charm. And it was so cute. I mean, yeah. she made she, she makes him sexy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they together yeah. are sexy. I mean, like, as a guy, it also makes me so happy because it's like, we've all had moments in our relationship where we say something patently untrue. Like, I could be... <laughs> 
beat that guy up. I'm strong. I could lift that. And they're like, you could. Yeah. You are. And I she just like, she just enabled him and it was just, but it was harmless and sweet. It was but awesome. It was just, I, just, yeah. I was like, that's just Go what now. after the last few yes, And I was so pleased that she did that for she him. She did that for him. Yeah. So yeah. that's Agreed. And well that, done. That is the episode. That was a tricky episode. That I was. I mm. really went into this. And then I had like an existential crisis. I was. I was like, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I started picking up like feminist books in my like, like, like <laughs> being like, what does feminism say? I don't know. <laughs> Where's my feminist crystal ball? <laughs> I don't know. What's the answer? And I had to be like, I don't know, there's not a right answer. It's okay to not know. Is there a Maya know. Angelou quote I'm missing? It's like, no, it's hard. It It was hard for me too, because I did not want to like come in with a bunch of preconceptions. So when you guys were talking about the case, I actually had a bunch of thoughts about the case, but I didn't know if I was right. And like listening to you guys, I was like, actually was able, it was quite a privilege to like let go of a couple of the things that I was thinking. Yeah. Because it's like, you're right. Like there are things that I just couldn't see. And and you're right. Like there, there are elements, I mean, that uh, that uh, that are just absolutely problematic with that case. It's and not I an easy answer. I think it's the nice thing about doing a podcast like this is you get to, even if you come to the table not necessarily knowing what you think about it, that's fine because you can just, even just Chat bouncing it those ideas, yeah. you, you, you're like, oh, that's something I didn't think of. And you mm. can like yeah. figure it out together. Yeah. yeah, And that's what I like about it. I agree, I agree. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, so David, for coming. Oh, I've had so much fun. I love you guys. I love this podcast so much. <laughs> It's unmissable drama for me. I just like, unmissable drama, yeah. Unmissable God, I listen. It's so How good. can um, people find you if they want to find you? Or um, <laughs> obviously, they need to watch Ugly Dolls when it yes, comes out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll say it's a good one to take the kids to if you yeah. want to okay. take the yeah. kids. Um, and my, my sister Sarah's got two daughters, and um, and uh, she said like, well, you know, I'm gonna be stuck watching something on an endless loop, so it might as well be the thing my brother did. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> but I'm proud of what I did on it, and and it's a fun film. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah, go see that. It's out on May 3rd. Renee's reality check. Give me a break. Hey guys, Renee has just had to remind us that Ugly Dolls is actually released in the UK 16th of August. So that's the date to put in your diary. Back to the show. And um, I'm at uh, D Rumble on Twitter. Um, D Rumble. Where I basically just chat with you guys and uh, share, <laughs> share gifts around bygones. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. it's a joy. <laughs> and so you can join in with that too. Obviously, we are on Twitter as well mm-hmm. at Bygones Podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram at Bygones Pod. We are on Facebook. Search for Bygones Podcast. And if you really want to email us, you can do so Bygones Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, and if you really love us, you can win us a couple of bucks on uh, Patreon and uh, get early access and extra content. Other bonus and, uh, stuff. All that lovely stuff over there. Yes. Um, but yeah, so David, this is the time where you get to say our catchphrase at the end. Oh, do I get to say bygones? Yeah, we can go. <laughs> uh, until next time. I didn't time. want to be presumptuous. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> really do it again. Oh, no, really I need to get into that place. Just give me a second. <sighs> okay, okay. Give me a second. Oh, ready, I'm ready, ready, I'm ready. Until yes. next time. Bye, Bye guys! Tells <laughs> <laughs> a man who leads a life of danger. To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger.